Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. And thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the Conservative Conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Tonight we'll be discussing uh, a number of topics, uh, some more so than others. But, of course, our top topics (laughs) – I just – Anyway, the way that just came out, uh, or of course, DACA and all the uh, the limbo that all of us dreamers and those who want to see DACA go away alike uh, are in limbo. We don't know what's going on. Of course, uh, we of course the dreamers we know what they're they're wanting, uh, and then of course uh, for ourselves, or at least myself, I can't speak for anybody else but me, but uh, want to see these types of programs uh, just go away. Uh, what we're going to do with the people who are already here, uh, uh, I don't know. My my first inclination is say, go. You know, you got. I mean, at least if you leave, you are taking the skills that you've gotten here uh, in the United States, uh, and maybe perhaps their leaving will open up job space for others who are actual citizens of the country. So that will open up the the job spaces for that if they were to go. I mean, they would be helping their host, you know, their, their home country, by bringing the skills that they've garnered over here over the years, and education probably too. Remember, some of these people will be getting free education, uh, so that they could take back to improve, you know, their uh, their homeland. So how about taking them back for that? Uh, so I, I think it's a win-win situation. Now, of course, Trump has said that you know he wants to either have DACA end or find a permanent fix through Congress. Uh, now he's given them till March, I believe 5th, uh, to do something about it. Uh, and of course that deadline will be here in, in a couple of months that they're working on something now. Of course, now they're talking about the possibility of a government shutdown uh, if they were doing it, but I don't think, uh, I don't, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what, uh, what comes to a head uh, for that. Uh, and then another topic we'll be talking about tonight, speaking of uh, immigration, it kind of ties together in a way, ironic enough. And I find this happening ironic enough coming from Marco Rubio, but he uh, is calling for an investigation of the Cuban government, interesting enough, on possibilities of sonic attacks. Uh, now, it's interesting uh, come from him, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, and of course, there are, you know there hasn't been any proof yet, and this is something that actually is the first time I've heard anything about it. But through my understanding, uh, this is these types of things have been going on uh, since 2015, 2016 at least. Uh, you know, back those those far, and there hasn't been any proof even to the 
where the Cuban government is going to blame. Uh, well, let me give you a little backstory. Twenty-four uh, of our uh, diplomat team over, a diplomatic uh, team over in uh, Cuba started to uh, experience conditions uh, affecting their hearing. Uh, they've had actually some brain damage uh, going on there. Uh, things that have the uh, like almost concussion, almost like concussions of people who suffered through concussions. Uh, you know, and I don't think listening to cicadas for a long time uh, would do something uh, like that. But that's what they're the uh, Cuban government is contending. So, uh, and we'll, I've got a, an article here to couple we'll, we'll talk about on that um so that's interesting i don't know how many people out there uh have heard about these uh these sonic attacks you know about you know even if sonic attacks are possible and, and come up with these uh, these ailments that now these people are feeling but it's it's no one else seems to be coming down i heard there's some canadians i think it's like 25 uh american 24 americans and five canadians have actually came down with that. Uh, so we'll, um, you know, and there, there sounds like there's, that there's been an investigation, uh, but we'll, um, you know, I think there's going to be, there's no proof yet, but there's going to be an investigation. We'll follow that as we hear more about it. Uh, I've used to some folks uh, on the line. Uh, if you'd like to get in, just push the one on your number dial. And of course we'll get you in and, and start the discussion. And, of course, uh, now that the holidays are over, 2018 primaries are already in the swing, not not just for you know, Senate races, but also local races, such as uh, the ones here in Ohio. I attended uh, a gubernatorial uh, press conference, which I'll play probably later towards the end of the show. Uh, it's, it's, it's about a half hour long. I may play, play it in its entirety, depending on how the night goes. Uh, but it is just an interesting, you know, kind of a groundwork, a grassroots, uh, you know, flavor of what's actually going on, you know, out there, uh, you know, around the country. I mean, these things are, you know, starting to gear up. They're getting, they're getting primaries, and it'd be, I think it'd be interesting for people to hear uh, and, get, and get a flavor of that, you know, of what's going on uh, around the country. So we'll, we'll play that later on in the show. Uh, and then, of course, we also got some other things I want to talk about tonight, uh, such as – excuse me, folks. I got kind of a, a migraine going this evening, uh, so if I seem a little discombobulated, that might be part of it. Uh, but anyway, um, we also are going to uh, – of course, you heard about – heard you talked about Bannon. We're not going to talk a lot, or at least I don't want to, unless, of course, you do. To, you know, the audience wants to, or uh, the callers want to talk much about Bannon. Uh, in that book that was written, if you want to talk more about that, um, to my understanding, he is now not with Breitbart any longer. Uh, but, we, you know, I may do a short article on that because there is someone who thinks the Mercers uh, are behind that, uh, him leaving. And then we also uh, got some articles here uh, talking about what the Chinese are doing, uh, their plans on going to the moon. And uh, you know how I feel about that. I think it's a shame if they, if they get out, if they get up there before we do. Um, and then, of course, we've got also um, talk about a little about e-voting uh, tonight. You know, so we've got plenty of topics to talk about uh, this evening, uh, depending on how 
you know, how much we've got uh, to go with. But let's go ahead and uh, invite our friend, Dr. Tolbert. Dr. Tolbert, uh, welcome to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, good. I'm sorry. I had the phone on mute. Uh, oh, no, that's okay. You know, it's interesting, all the subjects you've covered, but the one on the Sonic has been out for a couple of years already. And if you just pull it up on the um, the search on Google, you'll find there's articles. I just sent you one of them. So this has been an ongoing yeah, thing. Yeah, I've actually heard of it, though. <laughs> now, I've heard of it before, and I just pulled up and sent you the web link where Congress is actually doing an investigation. It's not you're hearing Rubio, but it's actually Congress is now looking at it. It's been ongoing where they've accused uh, Cuba of uh, spying and doing things and the Sonic and all that. So it's not something that the public has really been kept abreast of, but it has been ongoing. Yeah. So it's something ongoing, but, and then you get into the uh, little issues, for an example, uh, you know, North Korea uh, was not to get petroleum, and China was supposed to not do it. And it was a ship that left Venezuela, went to Panama, uh, unloaded and put on a Chinese ship, and then went to North Korea. So you got the issue of uh, Venezuela, who's under the dictatorship, being controlled by China and Russia, and they just increased and doubled their wages uh, over the last uh, month after China started uh, getting fuel uh, from Venezuela, which we were one of the highest receivers of the petroleum, and now we're diminishing our uh, importing from uh, Venezuela, and it is now being increased to China, which is now sending it to North Korea. So there's a lot of things people aren't really fully aware of. Uh, the immigration policy, uh, where they're still talking about setting up the wall, and we wrote articles that there's another way of doing it, and that the sanctioned cities, Amendment 10 of the, or the uh, 10th Amendment of the Constitution, the illegality, and how Trump is now reevaluating and, and handling it and putting it back into state control. Then we did the article on immigration, or not immigration, marijuana, and uh, Trump got a copy of that last month, and he's now passed a new law that the federal government is stopping the sale of uh, marijuana uh, through the stores and stuff. So there's a lot of things going on, and which is really funny because I was sending you a couple emails um you know, in 2010, I did my two masters and my doctor degree, and I've never sent my resume to anybody except the president, and he's acknowledged it, and it was just a typical resume of, you know, five or six pages. And I was told, and I put it this way, God said for me to do something different. And we are actually sending out a 67-page introduction to who I am, and it's got a cover letter table of content uh it has an introduction uh it has the page listing the um attachments it has the actual resume and then it has eight attachments which cover the 
the job market, the ethic market. It covers um, many different areas. And people don't fully understand there's different positions and matters of which you submit who you are to people. And when you so look at would you call this a dossier? It, no. <laughs> you, no, it, it really, it, it, no. You know, what happens if you go to a university as a doctor of education or a Ph.D., you're required to prove in writing who you are. You, you have to say, this is what I've done and this is what I've accomplished. I've written over 350 articles in the last seven years, and we've placed them not only in filing against the state of Florida, the federal government, but we also wrote, we wrote the article 13 pages on Puerto Rico and the reason behind it. And that this is going to the governor of Puerto Rico. It's going to two universities in Puerto Rico. Um, we're also going to Yale University, Nova, or not, and Nova, and also Harvard, but we're also sending it to Hillsdale. And Hillsdale teaches the Constitution, and we disagree wow. with them. We believe that they are not fully teaching the Constitution. They're teaching the history oh, wow. of the Constitution and not the Constitution itself. So I've had many debates with Hillsdale. So I'm sending them the resume saying, you need me to take, you know, I have degrees in organizational effectiveness, theology, uh, uh, educational leadership, which is the degree required if you're going to be a dean of a university and or a principal, or if you're going to be a department of education, you have to have that particular degree. And you have to prove several things. One, can you write articles in the format required as a professor doing a dissertation? Can you prove that you've done research and has your research proven and given information that has not been seen by other people or has been seen and gives them a different viewpoint? And in addition, have you written articles that are just articles in themselves bringing up and presenting new information? So when you look at the eight I selected out of 370, and you think 370 pages is a lot of pages, it's actually if you go to a university and say, I want to be a dean, they will say to you, send me proof that you've written anything proving that you should be a dean or that you should be a professor. So that's what we're doing. But we're going past all that even. We're going to Cambodia. We're going to the Philippines. Uh, we're going to uh, Chile, England. Uh, we're going to Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Panama, Trinidad, and we're going to do it with the president different than what we've done. We're going to actually send it to him in Mar-a-Lago. We're going to send it to him at Trump Tires, and we're going to send it to him at um, the president. Now, the last letter I sent to the president was on terrorism, and people think, okay, so what? Well, guess what? Within six weeks after sending it to him, he changed how he was handling the military, and I received a letter by email from the president uh, recognizing and thanking me for my viewpoints, which they have, in fact, established. So we got another letter acknowledging the fact that the president is looking and doing things that we're doing. Now, what's the point of what I'm telling you tonight? Well, this letter is going to go out in the next two weeks. So what we did on Sally's show on Monday and what we're doing tonight is we're giving a introduction of where we're heading. The question that's being asked is, why am I doing it? 
I'm different than a lot of people. I do what God tells me, and I don't know the answer why, because not having done this with the resume before and doing everything else. But from the standpoint of qualifications, there's not a lot of people that can have a background of failing the first and second grade, high school dropout, go in the Army, go to jail, two sisters commit suicide, uh, mother and father alcoholics, and grandparents prostitutes that could sit there and say at the age of 67, I went to school and got two two masters, a doctor degree. I owe a quarter of a million dollars. I ran for the U.S. president. I ran for the governor. And I ran for the state senate. And I probably know at least as much as some people, but maybe more than most of the people. And so my qualifications are how do I bring God back to America? How do I introduce a different way of looking at research and looking at Agenda 21, by the way, is is one of the articles we're sending out, which is climate control. Uh, how do we sit there and review everything? So what you're doing on the show tonight and you take an issue, take any issue, uh, the book uh, that was written that the president and lawyers are now going to sue the writer of the book who never had access uh, you take uh, the issue of immigration and how everybody thinks that the president should do certain things, but they're not quoting why he should do it. The, the constitutional rights of the state, the, the rights of the president, or H.R. Um, uh, 25, the, the, the change of the IRS, which we sent to the president, and how to change the uh, the taxation and how to give a better a break to the businesses in America and increase the um, taxes on income and products, which, by the way, was done in in the new tax law. This was all sent by us to the president. Um, A lot of coincidences in our articles that you could say out of 370 articles and the president's got 25 of them, and out of the 25, uh, the president did not get along with Puerto Rico. We sent an article 13 pages. Within three weeks after he received the article, the president, the governor of Puerto Rico, and uh, the president changed the whole way they're doing everything, exactly the way we wrote it. So we're able to do things from a, from a different perspective, and it's not about acknowledgement of who you are. It's about can you actually, as one person, do something? And your talk show tonight, again, goes out to many people through the archives. And we want to make sure that when you bring up a subject, that people go back and say, let me search that subject. Let me learn more about that subject. So you bring it up. They talk about it 10 or 15 or 20 minutes. And then there's information that's needed. There's information that they know but there's substantially more information that you cannot discuss in two or three hours. So are your listeners aware of the fact that anything you say tonight should be further researched by the listener and the listener, the American person that's listening to it, the American citizen, needs to be aware of that there's things going on that they can find the truth about, but they're not doing it because they're lazy they're paying attention to bad media. They're not really aware of the truth. Uh, they're allowing the, the, the families to, to fail and to be disorganized. Uh, we get into the issue of Christianity. 
um, when they passed the law in 1954 under Johnson, uh, and they uh, said churches are not allowed to speak. If you want to be a 501c3, you can't talk about politics. Uh, we wrote articles about how they uh, illegally formed 501c3s, how they violated the uh, First Amendment uh, in 1954, and how they continue to violate uh, the Constitution, and how your churches are afraid to get together, your assemblies to get together and to uh, discuss what is uh, correct or not correct within a government. Uh, we're not educating uh, where we should be. The 18 issues uh, authorized by the uh, federal government and how we have allowed them to breach the Constitution, what caused the Civil War. It wasn't uh, the slavery issue. It was the federal government taking over state rights. So all these issues we've written about and what we want to do is get the American people aware of it. Well, now we're going to do what Jesus did. He said, in your own city, nobody recognizes you. So let's go to 18, 20, 30, 40 countries. Let's go out there and make people know who we are. Let's get them to review. Uh, we, this week, hit 1 million viewers of our website. We finally did it. We, we broke that 1 million mark. We've got 1 million people that's, that's viewed us within the last couple of years. That means by the numbers associated within the next year, we'll hit 10 million. Can we then get more people to recognize where we're at? The followers on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn are mostly people from outside of the United States that follow us. So if we can get them to understand, because they say they don't want American to fail. They want America to be back in par education, production, and defense. They believe that if we fail as a Christian nation, that these people in these other countries will be turned into slaves more so than they already are. So they want us to succeed, the people, not the governments, but the people of these countries. And we're getting a lot of feedback. So going in there and saying, here's who I am, this is what I do, and this is what I know, we're really informing people that there's a lot going on in America that no one's aware of. So that's kind of where we're at right now, Robert. I just kind of wanted to go over that. I hope it's not taken away from what you're trying to do tonight. Well, no, we have, we have, we have plenty of time here uh, on the show uh, this evening. Now, one of the things, um, and I'm bringing it back, uh, you know, to DACA. I mean, and you, you talk about, you know, the people of the world want to, you know, us to succeed, you know, and I think that, and, and I mentioned earlier, is that, you know, with this whole doc, what, what should we do with these so-called dreamers? And, and what I stated earlier, and perhaps, if, you know, get your thoughts on that. And we'll see what, what Trump ends up doing. I mean, I, I hope that, you know, he sticks to his guns, but I really don't. I mean, he's saying if they're going to do anything about, you know, the dreamers, of course, we got to build a wall. And you mentioned something that the wall might not be the best idea. Uh, for that, and perhaps we can elaborate on it. But as I stated earlier, you've got these dreamers who, you know, have been here for, for years, if not, you know, decades. And, you know, and a lot of them, you know, they're here on, you know, some types of visa, or, or they're here on some types of visas that may be getting able to run out, and they're you know, concerned about being sent back to their country. It's like, well, if you're not going to have, you know, loyalty to your home country, I mean, where are you going to be loyal to? And what I mean by that is, 
that, you know, okay, well, you've gained skills. I mean, if you really want to make a difference, you know, to your people, you know, and you've gained these skills here in the United States or being here all these years, and, you know, you, you send them back. I mean, my, my inclination is it's a win-win situation to, to send these people back to their country of origin because it's a, I think it's a win-win situation. You can replace, you know, the workers with U.S. citizens so that you have actually U.S. citizens who are, you know, you know, getting these positions and, and working. You have these these folks going back to their country of origin, and with the skills that they've learned here. I mean, even if it's just speaking English, you know, they can go back to their their country and and make money, you know, teaching or, or you know teaching English to people, you know, so they actually can benefit themselves and their communities, you know, and their countries by going back with the skills that they've they've gotten from us you know and so i think that's a win you know that that could be a win-win situation they're looking well what do we do with these dreamers um if they are going to stay here you know being you know i mentioned on on previous shows i mean yes they weren't when they were kids when they quote unquote broke the law okay by by coming over the border and you know a lot of people contend that oh it's not of any fault of their own you know because their parents brought them well, okay, well, here's the thing. If they're still here and they're adults now, what's keeping them from saying, you know what, you know, I'm here, I shouldn't be, and take some personal responsibility, which I think personal responsibility in this country is really starting to dwindle. Uh, but take that personal responsibility and, as I said, take those skills back to your home country and then maybe try to get, if you want to get back to America, do it do it legally. What do you think, Dr. Tolbert? You know, it's, but it's ideas. Several, you know, there's a couple things you have to look at. Number number one, the federal government has no right over that under the Tenth Amendment, and it belongs to the state. And so the the governors of the well, state can to interview and go over and look at whether or not these people are or should not be. What they're doing in some cases, they're actually sending the parents back, and they're allowing the children that were born here to stay but they're they're exporting the parents and they're that is a real problem. When we originally founded America, we did it under a different scenarios that you came in and you signed in and you paid $50 in the state of New York or someplace and you were interviewed and accepted by that state and then you were dispensed from there and you took your knowledge and you put it into your country. Then some of these families went back to their country and they built up a bigger economy. China is going to be a good example how the Chinese were all brought in. They ended up learning a trade. They went back to China and they rebuilt China, where China is now a major country. And we can see that with other countries, that these countries became major countries by doing exactly what you said. They also sent uh, people into our educational system. They were paid by these foreign governments. They came in here, they got educated, then they went back to their country. So there's a lot of what you're saying in your scenarios is absolutely true, that they come in, they get educated, they can build up the economy, they can build up the things that they're doing, and that does open the job market up to more people. Uh, under Obama, the African Americans had over 11% unemployment. Then uh, the last year, uh, they're now down to 6% after Trump took office, that the African-Americans have better jobs now. 
the Hispanic people are still uh, dominating marketplaces that don't speak English. And there's a real problem, and they're trying to, under Congress, uh, saying you got to speak English. And there's that going on now. Uh, there's a lot of, in, in most countries, they do, you have to speak their languages. We've allowed them right. to do something different. So there's a lot of things that has to be looked at. Under our article, uh, Visa, we, we wrote an article uh, that we need to change the way we look at it. And it's called Virtual Reality Visa. Uh, that there's a, and the 200 mile wall will exceed $68 million or greater. Look at the cost of the Chinese building their wall. Look at the cost of our wall. It's going to get into the billion-dollar range to build a wall, uh, which mm-hmm. is going to be used, by the way, which I by thought China. Mexican I thought which I thought the Mexico was going to pay for. <laughs> but go ahead. Well, what what's going to happen? Mexico is using their contractors, their trucks, and their material, and we're going to pay them to do it. That's what's happening. So when you look that's at anybody building a wall, that's going to be the Mexican companies with the Mexican cement trucks, which are in America. They're going to be doing all the work, and all the money is going to go back to Mexico again. So there's a real problem in building this wall. That's ridiculous. Not only is there a problem, it's a violation of the state rights. The federal government has no right to build a wall on, on the land belonging to a state. It's just absolutely unconstitutional. So will a governor come up with the fact that I'm not going to allow it in Texas because it's a violation? When the Supreme Court ruled against Texas, Arizona, uh, and these other states and would not allow them to recoup money or to do things because they constitutionally was the responsibility of the states, does the president of the United States realize that he's breaching the Constitution Look at the land that was taken over and the one group of individuals were incarcerated, locked up, and the Supreme Court ruled, no, the federal government and the states had no right to do what they did with that guy's land. Well, that's exactly the same with the, with the building a wall around the border. It's the same violation. When will the president and Congress, we can just forget about, uh, they will never uh, come to the conclusion that they're committing treason uh people are now it's like uh scott just said they're not going to let offshore drilling happen while he is the governor but scott's tied into france and france is wanting to build uh oil wells in in the in and around the atlantic ocean and now scott's running for the senate so he's trying to change his mind only for the period of running in this November's election. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean, it's a game. So whenever somebody says something, what is the reasoning and causation behind what they say? And that's what we don't do. We have to go back a little farther and say, who is this person tied into? Why is he changing his position? What is the, you know, let's take Rubio for an example, that missed 90% of all of his meetings until he ran for the president. And then when he ran for the president, he did the same darn thing. And now all of a sudden he's out there backing and doing things. What office is he getting prepared to run for? And why is he doing this now? And why did people allow him to get away with what he did when he got reelected? 
And, of course, we had the fraudulent elections. We had the problem with the voters. Um, they closed down the, the, the uh, investigation of the valid or invalid uh, voters that, that happened. Trump closed that down. Uh, I mean, it's all, where are we going with this? I mean, so, just, so what, can, what, what can Rubio actually uh, run for? I mean, he ran for president. What else is there? Uh, you know, I mean. You know, is Trump going to run for the Republican office or is he going to run for an independent in 2020? That's going to be the real question. Oh, uh, uh, you, think, you think that maybe, eh, I don't know if he's going to run as an independent. I mean, he, he doesn't well, have a shot, does he? He has a better shot as an independent than he does a Republican because the Republicans don't want him in office. So you have to go back into the fact the Republican Party's trying to put him out of office, and they're undermining with the Democrats, and they are not in agreement. And the, the sabotage of the election system, when they get into it uh, and they finally find out what really happened, it is going to be the Republican Party trying to stop Trump from winning. They did not want him to be the candidate. And in 2020, you're going to see a continuation of this. And there's been rumors from Trump himself says, if they keep messing with me, I'm going to run as an independent. Yeah. So it doesn't open it up for uh, the Democrats to win. That would be, that'd be awful. They they just reversed everything. uh, Yeah. They they would just reverse everything. We've got John in the line. Let's go ahead and, and bring in John. Uh, thank you very much, uh, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? You want, hey, to, you want to chime in on something? Say that again. I said, go ahead. I see you want to chime in. Oh yeah. Well, the, one of the points that I wanted to um, reference was if if all of the governors of each of the states would actually declare these refugees and illegal immigrants or aliens, whatever you want to call them, as well as the legal immigrants coming in, if they would declare that the people who are working in our federal government are mishandling their powers and that they are actually establishing an invasion on America, then it would become a federal issue under Article 4, Section 4 of the United States Constitution because it says the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. So, see, Yeah, but, that, uh, yeah, but John, you know, we wrote that, and, and when we, we addressed that, the only way the federal government can sit there and do what they're doing in the 50 states is if Congress declares illegal aliens invaders. If they declare them as invaders, then the federal government has the power over the 50 states and can build the wall. But only if the federal government and Congress declares them invaders. If Congress does not declare these illegal immigrants as invaders, then it belongs under the 10th Amendment and it belongs to the state. Yeah, but um, doesn't doesn't states' rights still apply under the Ninth and Tenth Amendment? So if the governors of each state declare that this is an invasion, then that enacts our right to say that, hey, all of the resources that are available in the states as well as at the federal level because the federal people are, who are in charge are misappropriating the use of our um, resources – then the actual governors and the sheriffs of the counties and precincts become the 
ultimate authority in getting rid of this invasion. That's correct. If the state governor or the Congress of a state puts out that they declare that these inv- these illegal immigrants are invaders, the state can take on the right. But unless Congress itself stands up and agrees with it, then the right of that is only to the state. However, the state does have the right to set up an immigration policy. What they did, they did away with immigrations back in Ellis Island, and they they took and put it under the federal government when they formed that. So the federal government has no right on immigration. They only have a right under naturalization. So if each individual that's illegal in a state paid $1,500 at a complete background investigation, the state accepted them with the conditions, number one, is that they cannot send any money out of country. Number two, they have to be sponsored by somebody in the United States. Number three, they had to have a job. Number four, they have to be on suspension for two years under those terms and conditions. Upon the acceptance of two years under these conditions, they then fall under the Naturalization Act, which means you have seven years before you can be naturalized. So you're on probation under the two-year program because you did something illegal, and we're putting you on probation for two years. Now, if we did that, the majority of people that came into America would leave because they want to send the money out of country. They want to do things out of country. They're doing things that's hurting the economy of America. And more people would stop coming in. So when we wrote the virtual reality visa program, we looked at the amendment that says that the federal government had to declare them as invaders. And if they don't, then the federal government has no right. Sanctioned cities were funded by the federal government, totally unconstitutional. They had no right to do that. Each and every individual that came into America is proven that they're morally not correct. And if you're morally not correct, you then violate the constitutional right of a naturalized citizen. So there has to be a way to transform this and put a burden on the people coming in where they then seek to leave the United States and it cuts down on the cost and increases the job and productivity of America. Yeah, I guess. Well, and, and real, know, real, real like, quick, guys, is real quick is uh, one thing I'm trying to get set up uh, in the not too distant future is I'm trying to get there's uh, like today I went to the announcement and I'll be playing that later uh, of uh, the lieutenant governor for one of our gubernatorial candidates here in Ohio. Um, and they had a little question and answer session, and I was keeping my powder dry, so I, I didn't ask any questions. So I want to save it for the interviews and debates. And I think uh, these would be some excellent points to bring up uh, to these uh, any of these gubernatorial candidates uh, when they come onto the show to to bring uh, to bring these questions up. I, I think it's going to, you know, they might surprise them a little bit. Maybe if they listened to the show prior to the uh, a couple of them prior to you know coming on. But I think this would be some good points uh, to bring up because, I mean, when I was at the, um, you know, at the announcement today, uh, you know, of course, we're talking about things you would, you know, kind of almost expect to hear. Uh, but this would be something that, you know, definitely, you know, no, we're not trying to, you know, trick anybody, but it is something that uh, is important and it's not out, it's, it's not in the mainstream conversation that you're going to hear. Uh, you know, there's candidates talk about the, you know, they talk about, well, you know, 
state budgets and things of that nature. And, you know, one of the top, you know, so I, I, anyway, without making it too long, I definitely think this would be a good, and I do see other folks on the line, just push to one on your number dial when you want to get in. Uh, but, you know, I think that'd be an excellent uh, points or, or questions that either you guys could give me and I can ask them when we do the debate or, you know, perhaps if they're open to, you know, they may have been be, be open to questions from uh, other people as, as well. So, but that's, something down the pike and something to think about, but go ahead, guys. Yeah, well, I was just pointing out a particular perspective that would be a good place to start in looking, because if governors declared this an invasion, then there'd be another avenue for us, but it is a long, drawn-out process, and there's a whole lot of other pieces to the pie to make it work, when, you know, what we're trying to do in getting our congressmen and senators at the federal level and the state level to recognize that, hey, this is a burden on the system because we're already, you know, moving closer to $21 trillion in debt. And just like you were saying off the top or close to the top of the show, if these people who are here have learned something and whatnot, they've benefited and they take that back to their home country, they benefit their home country, and then that alleviates the, the expenses that continue to be built up here in America because as long as there's Americans that are on unemployment or social welfare or you know food stamps or whatnot, those people need to be getting off of the public dole. And they have a right, in my humble opinion, they have a first right of refusal to whether there be more competition for them to be able to compete against for jobs. And they deserve a quality of life worth living. Otherwise, they start just taking what handouts they can get and then stealing and thieving and conning their neighbors or the people in their neighborhoods, or they'll go to a neighbor, you know, like two or three towns over and steal from them and whatnot because they don't want to steal from their immediate neighbors. So, you know, we have to look at the holistic perspective of what's going on. And just like what you were saying, if they take the skills and uh, um, benefits that they've learned while they were here in America and go back and make their country better, well, that makes the world better. And then, you know, when our legal United States citizens who are on some form of social welfare or whatnot get off that public dole and they start being a more positive contributing member of society, the debt to our national, you know, country goes down or at least, you know, starts going down a little bit by a little bit. Another aspect that I wanted to pound home is that this, you guys had briefly mentioned about this book and some of the stuff that's going on with Trump and stuff. Well, you know, that Fire and Fury book, it would not surprise me if you don't find out that the, the Washington establishment, I'm talking about all of the no-Trumpers, all of the Washington establishment Republicans, as well as the Democrats, have some kind of colluding going on with this Wook fellow, the author of that book, in order to do this trickery-dickery-dock. And that's why he probably got so much access in whatever access he did get, because a lot of these, you know, uh, establishment Republicans and Democrats knew they had put him in there. They had finagled and colluded to get him in there to do what he did, so therefore they're going to go along with it to a certain degree and then let him fabricate some of the stories and embellish them and twist them. So, you know, he wants to say, oh, this is exactly the way I understood it and heard it, but there's no factual proof or whatnot, just to try to create more disruption in the system in order to try to um, ostracize Trump even more 
But at the same time, after you listen to the meeting that Trump had whenever they were talking about, you know, this immigration bill with the DACA kids and stuff, and Trump says, well, right. whatever bill that they send to him without any questions or no negotiating, he's going to sign it. And I'm like going, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, dude, you are sitting here working with a whole bunch of um, snake oil salesmen, congressmen and senators who are Washington establishment people that have been trying to screw you over since you started running your campaign uh, all along the way. And every day that you've been in office, they've continued to try to figure out how to manipulate and screw you around. And now you're going to do that. You're actually screwing your yeah. face over now. Mr. Trump, yeah. and then then he goes on to say, hey, you know, let's think about bringing earmarks back, and I'm like going, golly, if you, I mean, if he ain't bought by the Washington establishment Republicans, then I got to question whether he's really um, being bamboozled by somebody else for some money or something, like he's saying he's getting paid off by somebody if he starts going down this road and softening his perspective on the wall. I mean, we got to make sure there's no earmarks. We got to make sure that there's n no immigration, legal and illegal immigration. We got to stop all these work visas. We got to stop the EB5 visas nonsense. We got to tell him make sure the do you know the DAPA um, executive orders and the DAPA DAPA executive orders are are re either rescinded or expunged or whatever he needs to do there, and make sure that there's no Dreamer deal. You know, these dreamers, these people, these foreigners coming over here, they don't have a right to negotiate with us Americans about anything. So the Americans that are congressmen and senators and, and on these nonprofit agencies and organizations that are going before our Congress arguing on behalf of these illegals and these foreign people as if they have the same right to even be standing on the same floor negotiating these things with the American people is ridiculous. The only people that need to be discussing this immigration deal is we, the people, the highest level supreme authority and ultimate authority over this United States Constitution. And then we need to make sure and force him to go ahead and build that wall and stop all this. Um, we ought to get rid of the IRS, too, get rid of that money flow, so then they can't manipulate all this stuff as much. Anyway, that's enough for me for right now. You got me going with the first part of the show, and now I'm off like a rock. <laughs> you. Okay. And I, I want to just uh, pick up two areas, John. Number one is the FBI has undercover agents working in the Trump's uh, office, and they've just discovered that, that the Republican Party and the FBI have actually had people get employed by Trump. So the people that are interviewing and doing and hiring people for working on Trump's cabinet are part of the problems uh, the Republican Party is forcing so they can investigate and do undercover work against the president of the United States. Totally illegal, and that's State. going on. The second one is State we, did the, yeah, we did the 13-page document to Puerto Rico. So let's take Puerto Rico, and we showed how bringing jobs home and all these Puerto Ricans came into America, all these Puerto Ricans on welfare, but nobody's going back to Puerto Rico. Now, they've all been trained. They've all been educated. They all have jobs. They're all working. They're on welfare. Why don't they go back to Puerto Rico, and why are we not helping to reestablish them back in Puerto Rico to bring up the economy, to bring up the jobs? So when we sent the 13-page article, we showed how we could take these people, 
put them back in Puerto Rico, make it the 51st state, and how Puerto Rico can become a productive country. We wrote how to do it. So what you just said for any country, if you outline my 13 pages, look at Puerto Rico, take that same 13 pages, go to Venezuela, take the same 13 pages, go to another country, do exactly the same thing, you're absolutely correct. That's that's an absolute correct response. So everything that we're looking at has to be taken an example of what we're doing with one of our own territories, that we're bringing all these people in, we're letting them stay here, but we're not helping that country territory of Puerto Rico. You know what's going to happen with Puerto Rico? It's going to become its own country, and it's going to be controlled by China and Russia. What happened to the Philippines? What happened to Cuba? What happened to Venezuela? What happened to Panama? What's happening with these countries that are now becoming countries against America because we did not let them grow to the ability where we were working back and forth between each other? So it's a real problem. We Trump has to get an advisor that knows who should and should not be working on his staff. Currently, he has people on his staff to include the Joint Chiefs of Staff, to include Kelly, to include a lot of other people. They're undermining the President of the United States. When Donald Trump comes to the conclusion that he is not staffing his administration properly, then the government will fall into the hands of the collusion of the Democrats and the Republicans. If he comes into that perspective, if he understands that, we will no longer have a Republican president and we will have a president that's going to be an independent president. Well, I tell you what, he's not going to be anything if he doesn't keep his, if he doesn't keep his promises. Um, I just seen this thing on this, uh, Post on Facebook uh, from a t- uh, tweeter, uh, Jasmine Roman 15 says, I'm a Puerto Rican iron worker. My family on the island says island folk are being relocated to Florida by the thousands every day in an attempt to turn Florida blue. Illegal Mexicans are being given voter IDs that say they're Puerto Rican in order to steal the 2018 election. Absolutely. We discussed that before, uh, Robert, that that's exactly what they're trying to do, is they're trying to build up a thing. Now, the question are, are they going to come in as Republicans or are they coming in as Democrats? That's really the question. Oh, it's going to be Democrats, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And why did uh, Scott allow the largest number of airplanes and Puerto Ricans come into the state of Florida and get an ID and be allowed to vote? He's going to run for the Senate. So there's your answer. It's absolutely correct. They're not helping the country of Puerto Rico. The country of Puerto Rico, if you're following it, is a major disaster. We have done nothing to bring mm-hmm. it back. And I call it a country because instead of a state, because right now it is not operating as a territory. It is totally being um, absorbed into n- n- nothing. It's 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 becoming a non-productive, non-educational uh, territory. And they need to change the way they look at it. And we, as the, if they become a state, they got to submit a request. Then the Congress has to review the request, and then the president has to sign off on it. But if there is not an economic 
return. Otherwise, if Puerto Rico cannot produce and become productive, why would we keep it? Well, then we go back into do you want to lose the defense posture of what Puerto Rico is going to do for you? Do you want the fact that they will become a territory owned and ran by China? Because China is now in all the islands. China has taken over the Commonwealth of Dominica. They're taking over a lot of the little countries that surround the United States. They've now put their military on it. They've put their schools on it. They've done the highway and transportation. It's a real problem all around America right now. And you lose Puerto Rico, you're going to have a real problem in America. We've got Susan who'd like to uh, to chime in. Let's go ahead and get her in on the call. Uh, thank you very well, Trying to get it here. There we go. Thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, I'm alive and kicking. <laughs> Well, that's um, good, right? Better than the alternative, huh? Yeah. Well, I had to go to the dentist today. Let me tell you, I am so sore. Oh, I'm <laughs> telling you. Yeah, I'll probably have to do that in the not-too-distant future myself again. Go ahead. Have fun. <laughs> mm. um, <clears throat> well, I'm not sure where we're at in talking, but you know this Democrat stuff? I'll tell you what. We got uh, Brad Little running for governor here because Otter's retiring. And we got two others who are more conservative voice for all Labrador. <clears throat> if either one of them don't win and we get Brad Little in running for governor's Republican nominee, I'm voting for the Democrats. Sorry, he's a better guy and I trust him more. I know Little personally and I am not going to hmm, no. I voted for A.J. Beluka last time. He's a Democrat. And there are times you just got to go that way. I don't care. You can say what you want. But well, how about third-party candidates? Ever ever, well, are, are there any alternative? Are there any alternative parties that are running? Oh, there's probably someone in the Constitution now, but they're not going to have a shot, unfortunately. So well, um, still vote your mean, conscience. You'll <laughs> still be voting for somebody well, you believe in instead of you know. I like I like AJ Blues. I like him. He did just because we don't agree on things. I, there was a lot of Republicans that voted for him last time because he's willing to talk to you. He's willing to listen. So, you know, he's, he's tired of all the nonsense himself. And sometimes you just got to face out. I'd rather vote for a decent Democrat than I would a rotten Republican, let me tell you. Sorry, but that's how I feel about it. Well, you know, this is Dr. Tober. You know that I'm not for Democrats or Republican. I'm I'm strictly a no-party candidate. But if I can take well, and so change, am I, basically, but. yeah. But if I can change the mind of a Democrat or Republican by educating, then I don't mind educating them. But I'm going to stay with the, the focus. And when I send my paperwork to the Democrats or to the Republicans or to the universities, it's always going to say no party affiliated. I am not going to take a position because it's politically and constitutionally incorrect to have a part, a political party. So I'm totally against anything that violates the Constitution and the incorporation of two uh, parties that are incorporated violates all of the rights of the United States Constitution. So I'm totally against it. 
Well, I'll tell you, Larry McDonald was a Democrat, and I'm sure you know who he was, of Georgia, the representative from Georgia. And he went, ran Robert Welch's place as head of the John Birch Society. And Ron Paul told him, it doesn't matter what party you run over, run under as long as you can get in and run. And he went Democrat, got voted in. They ended up murdering him in that Korean air fight that was shot down. That was done on purpose. So, I'm sorry, just because it has a D after it doesn't mean. Because he was well, very, very conservative and hated by both parties. Yeah. John Moore. Well, that's, well, that's, 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 that's becoming more and more rare, though, Susan. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rare to find a, any type of uh, conservative. I mean, just look like, um, you know, it's very rare to have those, uh, unfortunately, anymore, any type of conservative uh, Democrats, you know, anymore. It probably John is, but I'm sure there's one or two here or there, and here and there. That's, that's the clue. That's the key. The, the law firm of John Morgan, Morgan & Morgan, was running as a Democrat for the governor of Florida and came to the determination that he didn't want to be a Democrat, so he said, I'm going to run as a Republican until they said, oh, by the way, you got to show all your finances, which is totally unconstitutional, by the way, to show your financials. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I guess I'm not going to run at all because I don't want you to know what I made my money from. So, you know, so you got a Democrat that was going to run as a, Repub- a non-party that doesn't want anybody to know who he really is, so he's not going to run. So that's... Then you got a Republican <laughs> government. I don't know what, that, what that means. But, you know what I mean? Yeah, we don't yeah. want to. We don't really want people to know who we are. <laughs> it's just like, well, yeah. so or, you, or what I made, or where I made my money from, I guess. Yeah, you got a Republican governor that was in was was charges brought to, that pleaded the Fifth Amendment fifty two times, and he's going to run for the U.S. Senate. So why are we and why are we letting any of these people be eligible? To even be in office uh, How can that be constitutionally know. correct They should have to take a test uh, You know on the Constitution Declaration of Independence well, and and Kelly, Yeah Kelly know used it. to propose that Yeah Kelly used to propose that a lot Like make him take a constitutional test I agree yeah. I said that a long time too And I bet most of them would flunk it <clears throat> Well, it goes back to the fact when they incorporated the United States and then we took away the 10 square mile and sold it to England, and then we allowed the corporations to violate and hide as a third party, and the corporations became a real problem under the uh, factorial uh, issues of the IRS and how the IRS was set up as an agency that is now controlling your uh, major corporations through the IRS. And then you had the violation of what we talked earlier, the IRS in 1954 taking over the uh, uh, 501c3s. So there's a really big picture that Congress is just not doing their job. So why isn't our ministers standing up and going against Congress because they're afraid of losing the money under the 501c3? So let's even take it down to the level, forget the Republicans and the Democrats. Let's go back to your Christians who are not doing their jobs because they don't want to lose their 501c3s, which are unconstitutional. Makes sense. 
Yeah, well, um, yeah, and that's something that we've talked about, you know, on, on a number of occasions, uh, you know, for that. And I'm sure we'll be talking more about that as the uh, as, as the elections get come on, because, you know, that it definitely could be uh, a topic. And I don't know what it is, folks, but I'm having uh, chat troubles again this week. I know we had some chat troubles last week. For those who are trying to get in the chat, uh, you know, I want to apologize. I don't know, you know, why there's, you know, it's it's having uh, any problems. I'm even, you know, having troubles getting uh, in there myself. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to apologize for that. I don't know what's going on. I'll have to, I guess, get away, um, you know, get with with with, with Blog Talk Radio, giving them a call. Uh, a call, I guess. Um, but anyway, so you know, my, my biggest, you know, not biggest, but you know, one of my concerns is, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, and. Uh, is you know with uh, with Trump and, and the different promises that he made. I mean, one he, we talked about the wall, and now it looks like we're going to be paying for the wall if there even is one. And then if there's going to be any kind of you know DACA deal or anything of that nature, you know, of course that's a that, that's a concern for me uh, because I mean, when are we finally getting you know, my my and you know I've done said this for a while, but you know when when are we going to finally uh, you know, when are we going to finally resolve these issues? And I was kind of hoping. Oh yeah, thank we you, lost. Cindy. And Cindy just sent me a Cindy just sent me a text that she hasn't been able to get in the chat for a while. So I, um, you know, for at least a few weeks. So I'm I'm definitely going to have to check in or send an email and see what's going on with the chat uh, on that. Thank you, Cindy, um, uh, for the message, but. You know, my concern is if he's actually going to do, you know, do that. I know a couple of weeks ago we, you know, we discussed, you know, some of Trump's, you know, accomplishments. Um, you know, and, and a lot of them are probably on the smaller scale, not the big, you know, things that uh, that we discussed. But I mean, it has been a year, and we did get the tax, uh, the tax, you know, cuts. We'll see how uh, those end up panning out for people. Um, I think we're supposed to find out sometime in February. Uh, I guess we, if, whoever, who gets any kind of a tax breaks or different taxes, I guess maybe I'll even look at my, you know, my next paycheck stub or something like that. I haven't seen, I haven't personally, I don't think I've seen a difference yet. Uh, but I think that's not supposed to hit, as I said, until, until February. And so, you know, we'll, we'll, I guess, you know, I, I hate to do the wait and see because I mean, we, we, we really don't know. Um, and, you know, but with, with, there's talk about, you know, speak with Schumer and stuff like that. But anyway, I, I did actually, it does remind me of an article I did want to uh, refer to here. Uh, and you can find it at the, um, it's actually at the top of the, the page of the Bards Logic Little Talk uh, website in the newsroom uh, there. And it's actually, now see, it's, I don't know if it's my computer's acting up or, or what. It's getting a little annoying, to be honest. But anyway, um, I've got here. It's the Center for American Progress just screwed up Schumer's DACA budget showdown plans. This was actually uh, yesterday. This is an article from yesterday. Um, and now waiting for it to to load up because I guess NSA Bob is interfering with my computers or something. But, but yeah, Schumer I mean, is crying crocodile tears. Oh, uh, you know, 
whatever, I mean, who was it that first got it to be, I don't know, which politician uh, was the one that made it okay to start, like, crying on, you know what I mean? I mean, which politician was it that, that, that started making it okay to, to just cry all the time on? John Boehner. Was John it Boehner? Oh, which actually, yeah, yeah. and actually his lieutenant, actually tonight, uh, the person I have I'm going to play the audio for, is it's about a half an hour, but I just find that people might find it interesting. It's not the best uh, quality uh, audio, but it was to a, um, a press conference I went to today. I, I got invited to today, actually, uh, to hear the announcement of, uh, now this is John Kasich, who you'll hear tonight. Uh, it is uh, now it's an audio, and we, I am working on getting her uh, and her running mate now uh, an interview. I actually got a call to get uh, the lieutenant governor; he's running for governor of Ohio to get her on the show. Um, I was invited to her press conference today to announce who her lieutenant governor is, and uh, so we're working on that. And as well as, and I and I got to talk with her briefly a couple weeks ago where she is open to the idea of having a debate here on the show, but she wants to make sure the other two candidates who are running will be there too. Uh, so I've already got uh, some feelers out. I talked to uh, Renancy's uh, running mate, uh, Amy Murray. I've, I've spoken with her and she's uh, forwarded some information over to him uh, about running. But however, there's the possibility uh, with Josh Manziel uh, dropping out of the race to uh, for Senate, uh, Renacy may be asked by Trump to run uh, in the primary, uh, but it depends. I mean, there's already someone running in, a, in the primary for Ohio Senate. Uh, I guess Sherrod Brown, I believe. Um, or is that for? Yeah, I think it's for Sherrod. Uh, against Sherrod Brown uh, for the uh, the Senate. And then, uh, so we'll have to see how that pans out. But she'll be the one you're hearing on tonight. And she's uh, actually Kasich's running mate. I'm not running mate. Well, she was his running mate, but not, lieutenant governor. So we'll hear from, uh, hear her tonight when I play the audio. Uh, but she's actually, because, you know, local politics, as we know, are important too. But, uh, and she's actually walking away from a lot. And she, she hinted to it, and I'm not going to say much in what you will hear tonight, but she, she's walking, she's trying to step back away from Kasich. I mean, that she actually, uh, that was a private conversation, so I don't know if I should say <laughs> what she told me. Um, and I guess I that won't. So. Just for the fact that it was a private conversation with her. <laughs> but, um, but anywho, uh, be that as may, I'll, just, I'll let the, the audio speak for itself. Um, but anyway, to the, uh, to the article here, um, I have here. Uh, it says, um, it says uh, in a memorandum never intended to reach beyond the inner circle of the Democrats, Jennifer Palmieri just admitted the truth and made it much harder for Democrats to push hard for DACA amnesty by holding hostage funding for the federal government, including national national defense. Michael Bastach of the Daily Caller has the story. The Center for American Progress Action Fund uh, circulated a memo on Monday calling illegal immigrants brought here at a young age, so-called dreamers, a critical component of the Democratic Party's future electoral success. 
the memo co-authored by former Clinton communications director Jennifer Palmieri uh, was sent around to allies calling on Democrats to, quote, refuse to offer any votes for Republican spending bills that do not offer a fix dreamers and instead appropriate funds to deport them. And that's just, you know, the story on there. So, well, I mean, and this is something we, we knew, you know, I mean, we knew that, you know, that, and, and you mentioned that too, uh, you're, you know, alluded to it as well, Dr. Colbert, and that they are looking for, uh, well, new constituents and they're, and they're trying to get these folks uh, to be able to, uh, to, you know, to vote. And, and that's the whole idea of illegal immigration. And, you know, it was initiated by the Catholic Church because the Catholic Church lost 30 to 40 percent of the Catholic population in the United States. So the Catholic Church under the U.N. and, oh, yeah. the, and the Pope started bringing in and forcing and helping the illegal immigrants to come in. And then what happened is some of our churches started hiding them and setting up sanctuaries. Uh, in order to increase the Catholic Church population. And this goes back into, are we heading to one world power? You know, we can get into Islam. You know, they just passed the new thing now. Uh, uh, there's to prove that uh, Sharia law and Islam is in violation, and we can put a ban on anybody that claims they're Islam. Now, can you put a ban on them because they're Muslim? The answer is no, but can you do it? if they say they subscribe as a religion of Islam. Well, there's now a new uh, group of individuals that are Muslims, Islams, uh, doing the Sharia law that has put out death threats to all the Jewish population in the United States. And they're out there teaching in the United States, kill the Jewish people. Why are we letting them claim that they're a 501c3? And then it said, a religious organization. Islam is not a religious organization. It's a law under Sharia law. Why hasn't the Supreme Court ruled against Islam? I mean, there's so many things going wrong right now, Robert, that people don't fully comprehend that this is a bigger picture than just illegal immigration. The thing, too, um, Dr. Tolbert, though, is the illegal immigration touches so many different aspects of our culture as well as our economy, and that therefore it actually plays into it in a very large way. I mean, a lot of the churches you were referring to under certain programs, especially the refugee resettlement program, they get paid thousands of dollars from each of these different people that, that they help settle in America through the Homeland Security. So, That's I mean, correct. it's it's a scam from the get-go, and a lot of these churches are perpetrating the scam on the rest of Americans. We need to figure out how to get a message to all of those people who are on the public dole and say, hey, do you want a quality of life where you get to you know, more um, accurately pursue your happiness and your ambitions and goals and dreams to get off of you know, being in, in this poverty situation? Here's the things that you need to think about or that you might want to think about. I don't like telling anybody what to do, but I definitely love talking with people and trying to share with them what I do understand and then, you know, listen to them and educate me. But the, for them, folks that are on that, I don't know how much they get paid. You know, I don't get any kind of help from the government and financially or any otherwise. All I get is railroaded. But anyway, 
the point of it is, is those people, if there's 90-some-odd million people that are on some form of unemployment and social welfare or whatnot, if we can even get 2 or 3% of those people to start paying attention and voting more for, you know, their particular interest, then there's no way they're going to be able to keep making immigration come through here because there'll be enough of us calling in and telling all of our congressmen and senators, you know, shut this nonsense down. Matter of fact, I want to make sure that everybody realizes that um, with them talking about this DACA stuff and whatnot, they're going, they're trying to vote on it and different things are popping up and whatnot. We need to make sure everybody's calling all your congressmen and senators and President Trump and the vice president at the federal level as well as all your state representatives and um, senators to let them know, you know, we need to stop all this immigration nonsense, like I mentioned earlier, no earmarks, no immigration legal or legal, no work visas, no EB-5 visas, no DACA, no DAPA, no Dreamers Act, no, and definitely build the wall. Hey, are you hearing me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, I kept hearing some clicking, and then it was so silent, I was like thinking, man, did I get disconnected? <laughs> but... Yeah, and say Bob's trying way, to shut you down too. I don't know, but uh, it wouldn't put it wouldn't surprise me that it's a deep state person because there's good people that work in the you know intelligence industry too. They're constitutionalists and they're also trying to fight and help things go on the of the way it's supposed to go. And that's a good point to point out is a lot of this stuff it come it comes back to how do we interpret the definition of all this stuff in the Constitution for ourselves, because really the Constitution is meaningless to most people unless we all are in agreement with it, because the people in positions of power, they're going to do what they want to do regardless, unless they have some kind of conscience and moral, you know, foundation that teaches them that it's not right for them to use the government as a weapon to railroad their fellow citizens. And as long as we, the people out here, continue to turn a blind eye to it or to be psychologically manipulated, because this is psychological warfare, then they're going to continue to manipulate the situation until they have something that causes them to change. And we don't all agree, you know, on the interpretation of everything in the Constitution as we understand it. And that's where a lot of the education is screwed up, because... It don't matter what I think the Constitution is. If the masses decide that the Constitution means something different, they're the ones that's going. It's tyranny of the earth, of the masses. And so, but anyway, contact all your congressmen and your senators at your local level as well as your federal level and get the word out and help stop this mess and encourage all the people that are on social welfare, you know, unemployment, food stamps, and whatnot, to help them figure out how to get involved and to take back their power because they are being manipulated just like you and I, and they're being um, excluded from the process of self-governing. And as far as these bills in Congress, they, if they could stop, do you know what log rolling means? What's that? Hello? John? Do you know what? I'm here. Does anybody? But anyway, Log rolling is a trick, a technique that they've been yeah, you doing. You were actually they... breaking up there for a minute. I was? Yes, you were. Oh, well, hopefully I'm not now. But um, anyway, log rolling 
it, we need to tell them to stop that. That's where they try to compact. They take one bill, like an omnibus bill. An omnibus bill is kind of like a log rolling bill where they try to attach, you know, all these other things that are different issues to the same bill. You know, it's just like on the DACA thing. They want to attach a wall or attach whatever funding for something else on the DACA bill. And if they just dealt with one issue in each bill, then it would be a whole lot better, in my humble opinion. Now, those are just issues to think about, but everybody get out and do your part, do the best you can in contacting everybody and letting them know we're tired and sick of this stuff and we're mad as you know what, and we ain't going to put up with it anymore. Back to you. And I just want to clarify two words you used. One's called interpretation and the other is called understanding. The problem we're having is that people in, in the Supreme Court are interpreting the Constitution, yet they do not understand the Constitution. So what we need to do is teach the understanding and not give the interpretation. You did put the two words together at one point. But I want to clarify that you need to be taught and understand the Constitution, not the interpretation of the Constitution. The second thing, when you talked about bills being put together, Obamacare was put on a VA bill, and that's how Obamacare got passed and through the House. It was attached, and nobody read it until they voted on the VA bill, and that's how you got Obamacare. Dr. Tolbert? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm hearing that clicking, too. <laughs> I don't the hear point, Dr. Tolbert, the point that I was trying to make, I do appreciate what you're saying. The point that I'm trying to make is that we all have to come to an agreement on what the actual interpretation is. All of us. Because as long as we each, nobody's going to tell me what the Constitution means. We can mutually decide together what we will hold ourselves in true obedience to in that interpretation. But nobody's going to tell each other, you're not going to listen to me try to force you to, under, to live by my interpretation. And you're not, and I'm not, you're not, put it this way, I'm not going to be able to force you because you're going to determine what you think the Constitution means for yourself. And then I'm not going to let anybody, you know, dictate the interpretation to me. We have to come to a mutual agreement to hold ourselves in true obedience to that the, the interpretation that which we agree to. Otherwise, we don't have any hope of actually coming to an agreement on an inter, on what the Constitution means. Okay, now person, we're doing it. We're, look, we we're, got we're the Supreme doing. Court, and I guarantee it. If you ask each of the Supreme Court justices what the Constitution means, they've written scads and scads of of information and they don't all agree but they have a closer understanding of what they all will agree to than what most of us general americans do because we don't delve ourselves into it that's my point in order for us to be unified we have to come to an agreement on what we each interpret the constitution to mean from a standpoint of mutuality so we will agree to hold ourselves in obedience to that interpretation. Otherwise, we're going to just continue to fight and say, nope, that's not what it means, and we go nowhere. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to agree with the word interpretation. I will agree with the fact that the Supreme Court is being paid to interpret the conversation or the Constitution, 
in order to increase the way the political parties think. So instead of them having an understanding and explaining to you the rights of the First Amendment, which they did when they went to the same-sex marriage, they did not give the complete understanding. They gave an interpretation and passed a law under the Constitution. So the Supreme Court committed treason by giving you an information that their interpretation rather than giving you the complete instructions, education, and understanding of the Constitution. So I have a real problem with when somebody said, this is what I interpret. I don't interpret nothing. I give you the facts, research, data, and proof of what I'm saying so that you understand it. And when you write a research paper or when you do a doctor degree, you do not give interpretations. You actually state facts reasoning and you back it up with documentation the supreme court is not doing that they're doing exactly what you said they're interpreting it in order to facilitate the republican party's viewpoint or the democrat party viewpoint and they're in violation of the constitution because they do not understand the constitution so i'm going to give you this one point of the two words you can interpret anything you want. If you don't understand it, your interpretation is totally wrong. Let's go I'm ahead and real quick uh, and get Cindy in here. She'd like to make uh, some comments on that. Go ahead, Cindy. Get, thanks for coming to the show. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, I, I just wanted to... Good to hear uh, from you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to interject here that this is the whole reason that Christine Timmons gets so angry at people because we have been so dumbed down by our education system and it's been on purpose just so that we would not be able to uh, understand the Constitution. There is very little interpretation necessary for the Constitution of the United States. When they formed the Supreme Court. They did not have any idea that the Supreme Court would have so many cases every year and turn down so many cases uh, every year and by doing so make actually make a judgment themselves um, by turning it down. They did not intend for that to happen. Um, the Supreme Court has way over boundaries, as has all of the branches of government in their power struggle um, against one another and, and, and in the party power struggle to make their party stronger than the other party. It's just like we are very, um, you know, we're, we're very happy that President Trump has elected, uh, appointed so many um, constitutional-type judges, and that is a wonderful thing. But once again, those appointments are being made um, – you know, uh, in political decisions. Um, it's, and, and thankfully, Trump is not necessarily thinking about the Republican Party or the Democrat Party. He's thinking about um, the, politician, the politics of the United States, of people in general. At least that's what I thought he was trying to do. I'm a little bit worried right now with this DACA uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. You me both. It, if he blows this, he blows 2020. Um, but anyway, I agree. Um, but anyway, so I would agree um, wholeheartedly on that. 
the thing there is, you should no, be, there is no reason why we need to be interpreting anything under whoever's direction. Like, um, you know, we, we, like John said, we don't need to, uh, you and I don't need to agree on it. Because all we have to do is, is um, depend on and order our uh, political officials to act on it according to how it was written. That means you go back to the original writings. If you don't know what they meant, go back and read what they wrote. Read what John Adams wrote. Read what Samuel Adams, read what Thomas Jefferson wrote. Read what, um, read what all those guys said. I mean, those are the ones, you know, we, we talk about those names all the time, but all those guys, these some guys, had a lot to do with how our Constitution was written. And, and they were very specific in their ideas. They argued and they argued and they argued and made sure that there was a certain um, pureness, a certain richness about the words they were going to use and and the, the, the political system that they were going to choose. Um, and so when they did decide, I thought they made it pretty clear. The problem is, People aren't reading the Constitution, just like Christine used to always tell us and yell at us about. Nobody's learning the Constitution. That's the reason they're getting away with being able to so-called interpret whatever they want to interpret, you know, in whatever manner they want to interpret. So Dr. Tolbert is correct in that we, we, we have the answer. It's right there in front of us in black and white. We're just not educated enough to even understand the words of our Constitution. I mean, we don't even know the, the language well enough to read our Constitution. Around Cindy, here? Cindy, yes, go ahead. Did you know that, yeah, Cindy, this is Dr. Tober. Did you know that Mrs. Timmons ran uh, with me? She was the lieutenant governor when I ran for governor in 2014. No, mm-hmm. actually, I didn't know that she ran with you. That is cool. She yeah, was my lieutenant governor. You know, you know when we had our disagreement was when the when? Democrat Party paid for her to go to Washington, D.C., and she decided then that she did not want to be with a no-party candidate any longer because she was getting paid by the Democrats to go to Congress and present her viewpoints. Well, when she comes on this show, which she has several times, her viewpoint in my in, 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 in for my recollection, I mean, we we open up our constitution and we sit there with the constitution in front of us while she's speaking, and she is dead right on. Now, why she decided to go uh, up there with the Democrats, I can only assume it's because they gave her the venue and the Republicans did not. Um, and and as far as not wanting to run with an independent candidate. I guess I can understand that point too because they have very little cho- uh, chance of winning. Um, even though I think you had a better chance than anybody else, and I think that you were hijacked. Um, no, we had we I, had one point four we had one point four million votes, and it was all illegally taken away from us when she ran. Yep with me and that we had 14%, but she ran as my lieutenant governor. It was mm-hmm. after the fact things changed on that particular level. But mm-hmm. she also sat in with Hillsdale University, and I continually fight with Hillsdale 
because Hillsdale is not teaching the Constitution. They're teaching history. And history is not giving the complete understanding, nor are they stating properly. Uh, and I've had major discussions with the president, Larry of Hillsdale, about the way they are presenting and they are interpreting and not teaching and understanding the Constitution. So we get into some major discussions in that area, and I just wanted to bring up the fact that I agree well, with you, Ms. She's really an expert on the Constitution. I will not take that away from her. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. What did you disagree with with um, Hillsdale? Because I have heard before um, other people who have, uh, who I have considered, you know, conservative constitutionalists disagreed with them on certain points. Would you please share with us what you, I mean, if you can um, digress well, to that just a moment. You know, it's it's such an open door that when they write something about a state's right and they don't give the states the right under the uh, 10th Amendment, they don't get into the 17 cabinets that were authorized by the Constitution, uh, they don't get into the uh, the amendments. They go into uh, the Federalist Papers and use the Federalist Papers, the Declaration of Independence, as a greater authority over the Constitution, where the Constitution is the law, and the other two papers are nothing but interpretations trying to get a bill passed. They were explaining but not really given the content. Uh, what you stated is if you go to the actual writers of the Constitution and read what they wrote, you get a better understanding and not, not a interpretation. So right. Hillsdale is what they're doing is they're giving more interpretations and they're not giving and historical uh, information without backing up how the actual 50 uh, people that were involved uh, came to their own conclusions and how the uh, uh, Federalist Papers was used as a tool of manipulation in order to prove a point of why you should or should not vote for the Constitution. So there, whenever we see an article by Hillsdale, we go back on the article and say we disagree because of this following uh article of the constitution and they then i'm actually sending a 67 page resume saying i should take over to be the dean of hillsdale university so it's going to be interesting hillsdale is also starting charter schools and one of the representatives of port st lucie's wife is being offered a position to start a new charter school uh, they're getting involved in now private uh, charter schools so there's some other things going on uh, with Hillsdale, that can be a good thing, um, and it can also. Are they doing? Are they talking about um, administering a, a comprehensive education of all subjects, or just history yes. and government they're things gonna, like that? They're going to do a public charter school uh, where they're going to cover the uh, K one through twelve, K through twelve. All subjects. Yes. Yes. Hmm. So would you yeah. say and then that, that, that your your main departure? Would you say that your main departure from Hillsborough is more what they don't teach rather than what they do, or would you say that it's you know the the do what they do teach and uh, because of how they interpret things? 
I believe this is where we would have a disagreement with Mrs. Timmons, but I believe they're not teaching the Constitution, number one. I do not disagree with them starting up the charter schools if they could cover all the educational factors and use the Constitution as part of it. Um, we get into the fact that the Supreme Court ruled that schools have no authority over the children, and yet we've allowed the schools to take over the authority. Will Hillsdale come in, set up a charter school which falls under the public school system, and say the federal government and the schools cannot dictate uh, and the parents have the right over to the children? And that went to 15. We wrote that under Common Core when we did the article under Common Core. We wrote Common well, Core like back in 2000. They've got to be better than the public schools the way they are. Well, that goes back to many people will argue that public schools are staying in business longer. There's a higher number of charter schools ran by the Chinese in the state of Florida than there are by other groups of people. Now, go figure that one out. Uh, there's a New York senator. Well, you don't see that on the news every day, do you? No. And the New York I don't hardly ever York hear it on the news. Yeah, there's a New York senator that has over 100 charter schools in Florida. Uh, I mean, there's things that's going on in your charter school system that people really don't know about. So mm -hmm. there's a real question of investigating the school systems and their legality and why they're even putting together. Now, you got to go back to Hitler. What did Hitler do? He started a school system. Well, that's it right. The Supreme the Court ruled. To do that. Right. And that's the problem. The federal government and the schools and the federal, uh, you know, if I was in, when I go to the White House, you know, the first thing I'm going to do is close down the uh, federal uh, educational system. It's totally illegal. I'm going to take it out of the picture, bring it back into the states, let each state work together with the other states bring the Supreme Court's ruling back into play under the Constitution that the parents have the rights, let the parents then go what we call the hybrid school system where you allow the online schooling and the, um, uh, the ministries and the parents to be involved. When Florida went into the hybrid school system and an open door where they did online K-12, I was doing my dissertation in uh, 2004, 2005, 2006. I finished the academic. I wrote the paper for my presentation proposal. They approved it. So for two years, I was writing it on the fourth year of my degree. It takes about seven years to do a doctorate degree. The Nova University says you can't do it anymore. You pick a different subject. Within one year after they said I couldn't do it anymore, the state of Florida wrote and put together the exact same program that I had spent four years putting together. So there's a lot of coversions going on between your universities, between your state, the federal government, uh, your educational system. The state of Texas took out all Christian doctrine from your public school systems. Totally illegal. We allowed it to happen. And we continue to allow it to happen. So there's a lot of things going on under education that we write under the Common Core, we wrote under other systems that prove that there's an interpretation rather than an understanding. And if you do research... I, I know that I, because now right. I'm a part of, um, of a, a textbook um, uh, reviewing um, organization, and um, I, I know exactly what you're talking about there. Um, but let me ask you this. Um, 
if um, if if parents are watching and looking and, and seeing what their children are learning. Like if I was going to put my kid in a charter school, since the name Christian is not there, since the name uh, Muslim is not there, since since it's not clear uh, a regular public uh, education uh, um, charter school is not always clear about what its philosophy of teaching is, uh, you don't know whether they're whole language or if they're phonics-based. You don't know anything about them unless you sit in on classes and have a, a down-to-earth talk with uh, the principal and the teachers who might be teaching your child. You have to do a lot of research to go into a charter school first. I'm afraid that a lot of people are just deciding to throw their kid into a uh, charter school because they're assuming, well, it's going to be um, uh, there's going to be more order there. They're going to teach better than they did in the public school. And, and that's not necessarily so. Um, you even have to watch out uh, for what uh, private schools you put your kids in. What, what are they going to teach? You know, you have to do your homework. Parents have not been willing to do homework anymore. So um, I don't really yeah. – I, no, I don't I have anything against charter schools, but you gotta you got to check up on them. No, I and I agree. And the problem we're having is that the public school system and the governments are telling the charter schools even what to do. When I was doing my master's in education and my doctor degree, none of the other students, there were 35 to 40 students in either my master's class or my doctor's class. And I was called and given authority to teach leadership uh, when I was in it because I was a retired master sergeant. I also owned my multi-million dollar airplane company and I had all these other backgrounds. And so I could go in there and I would teach what it meant to be a leader. And they, the teachers who had PhDs or EDDs would ask me to step up and, and take charge of particular classes. And I found that a lot of the teachers that were going up for these degrees had no understanding of research itself. They they were basing it on the word we're going to use again, interpretation. They were not doing the research. So when I'm putting together this 67-page doctrine that I'm submitting to all these different states and countries, it's showing that I do my research. On Common Core, I had... 27 different research documents proving my point that Bill Gates and that GE and that uh, the uh, Bush family and that how this was set up under Hitler and how they took control of governments and how this is all against the Constitution. Then we wrote the references of Supreme Court and how the Supreme Court went against uh, what was being done in the school system, but yet the Supreme Court got changed under the Republican and Democrats, and now the Supreme Court is taking away the parental rights. And, you know, we're just having a continuation of problems. But what I'm trying to explain to John and everybody, do research and understand what you're reading. Don't give me an interpretation. I want to know what is it actually saying, and give me seven or eight parts why that is what it says. I, I think that is really what we got to get back to. If we're going to take a scripture in the Bible, yeah, we take a scripture in the Bible, and I have a degree in theology also, 
and the, the, it says, you know, that there's going to be a three to four times you're going to see the same thing, so you have an understanding, not an interpretation, but you're going to have an understanding. So what you said, if you go back to the 50 people and you understand what they wrote, then you can take and understand what the Constitution says. But if you go back and read uh, the Federalist Paper, you're going to get an interpretation. You're not going to get an understanding. Well, yeah, you're going to get a you're going to get a uh, an influence over the Constitu- uh, the the Continental Congress. You're going to get you're going to get items of influence over them, but you're not going to get their final right. determination. No, they wanted to prove they want to prove. Uh, their side and their viewpoint Well that's exactly what's happening with your Senate and the Supreme Court They're giving you things And they're doing it multiple times In order to influence The way you think which is totally Unconstitutional we're going to get back to The, the wall again and everybody Says build the wall build the wall and I'm saying It's unconstitutional people say well no Build the wall I said no it's unconstitutional Well why is it why can't we build The wall well the federal government doesn't have a right To build the wall that's why whether it's good or bad is not even the correct answer. What it is, it's unconstitutional. The states have the right of protecting their borders, and if the state doesn't but want to protect, well, I think, yeah, I thought Texas did want to do that. And, I know Texas and New Mexico both. I mean, excuse me, yeah, Texas and Arizona both want the wall. I, I've I've heard their governors say that their people have voted on it. Well, then Texas needs to build the wall themselves. They're responsible for their own border because Congress did not declare the illegal immigrants as invaders. And until such time as Congress declares them as invaders, say again. Dr. Tober, let me ask you this. If if Texas decides they're going to allow, and California is allowing all these Mexicans to come across their border, um, that's fine as long as those Mexicans stay in California, the problem is they disseminate across the population, and they're in your state, and you're, you're, they're in my state, and they're in Robert's state, and they're everywhere else in the in the country. And they're that, even in Alaska now. Now remember, we and that, are and that's actually where yeah, I'm going to be asking more about that about the sanctuary stuff when we get them get them yeah, on. We, as well, so yeah, so but it tells me that Congress so every, needs, Congress yeah. has a job to do to protect the rest of the nation. Against people like Florida that want to let all the Cubans come in, or um, uh, Texas that wants to let all the Mexicans come in, or um, California that wants why, to let everybody come in. You know, that's it, why. It right, but that's why Congress has to declare them invaders, and then Congress can stop it. Now, as a sovereign state, every state has a right to close their borders to all illegal immigrants. And they can stop and they can eject and remove any immigrant under the state laws, under the Constitution. But as soon as a state allows an illegal into that state, then they, in fact, are not taking control of their right to defend their borders. And under the Constitution, it says anyone who comes as a terrorist or an invader or comes into your country they then have a right to be removed, but only from the state level unless Congress declares them as illegal and declares them as invaders. And it's kind of going back to now we get into Sharia law and we get into uh, Islam, and they're now going to pass a law that's saying that Sharia 
and Islam is unconstitutional. And it does and in that factor that anyone in the United States that is Islam and believes in Sharia law can be removed. We go then to the fact they're going to say, well, we made it a 501c3, so it's a religious organization. Well, it's not a religious organization. They're taking 501c3s and controlling the American they're population. It's ran by the IRS, which has been proven that they're not going to let people have that tax deduction if they are against the Republican Party. So they were stopping... Uh, conservatives from forming 501c3s, and that was then discovered, and then they just removed the head of the uh, IRS, and they reorganized the IRS, uh, allegedly. Of course they are. It's all just another facade that's going on. So all this stuff, there's such a big picture of understanding. It's not an interpretation. You've got to understand the big picture. Who has the right to defend the state border? The state does. Who has a right to defend the whole outside border of the United States if there's an invasion? And it's only if there's an invasion does the federal government have that right. And if the federal government does not take on that right, then you have a problem. And then there's the funding. So we go within the first number of weeks. We get funded. The president can make a decision. He could declare uh, this an act of war. He then gets uh, so many months of funding, and then he's got to wait uh, until Congress passes the bill to give him more money. Well, what's the president been doing? The president under Obama and other presidents taking your money out of Social Security. They've taken money out of other problems or funds that was established, and they used. There's multi-billions of dollars taken out of your Social Security was put into Iraq and other places by the presidents in order to bypass Congress. That's what they were doing with their money. And so how many people really know that? How much discussion is on all this stuff? This is where Trump is not being educated on, because I think once he gets someone, and we send him papers, when he gets educated on these, he's going to come to the conclusion he needs to rethink where he's at. He so far has only staffed 20% of his staff compared to all the other presidents. And everybody he has put in, he has fired at least 80% of who he's hired and had to replace him two or three times already. I mean, it's crazy what's hey, going on out earlier, there. Earlier, Dr. Colbert, you made the state. You said, um, when I get to Washington, I'll do so-and-so. Is that a done deal? Are you going up there? I mean, are you going to be I, employed I, by him? told me I am, but I'm still, you know, what God tells me and what happens in life, you know, I have to believe what God said. He told me to do my resume and that I will uh, change the mind of the president. And we know that out of the documents that we send, we see that he is following our instructions. How do you lead? Will he recognize? And we've just got three more letters from him stating that he recognizes who I am. Uh, he's now getting the 67 pages, and we're going to send it to Mar-a-Lago and Trump Towers and to um, uh, to the White House along with the other countries and everybody. But um, I've got a pretty much – got a big influence that people don't realize what I'm doing right now. So uh, that's kind of speculation for some people. 
but what I know and what I do, I can't always get into it. It's been speaking that, of uh, that, that, that sound like a politician. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what do you think about? Uh, I want to bring this up. Uh, what do you think about Bannon being out uh, of Breitbart? And I know I've heard was it you, Cindy, or maybe somebody else uh, on the show? Gosh, a while ago, and who were talking about the Mercers or something like that nature. And this article I've got here. Uh, then again, you can find on the Bard's Lodge Talks uh, newsroom here is uh, says breaking. Bannon is out, shoved out by Mercers. Uh, it says, Pop goes to Weasel, but which I mean, Steve Bannon, the Weasel, is out of Breitbart. Not that I'm calling him, this is what the article is saying. It says, we, uh, we kind of knew it was coming, but it's still surprising. As I said on the podcast, I guess um, what podcast we're talking about, uh, he made the mistake of believing Trump's rise was about ideology, and all he had to do was be more ideological than Trump, but that's not what it's about. Um, Let's see, where does it say things about the Mercers here? But I guess uh, it's just this tweet. Uh, it says, uh, Justin, Steve Bounder will know all that. Where's the part of the Mercers? Says, the New York Times says the Mercers pushed him out. Mr. Bounder's departure, which was forced by a one-time financial patron, Rebecca Mercer, comes as a Mr. Bannon remained under uh, unable to quell the f- uh, furor over remarks attributed to him in a new book in which he questions President Trump's mental fitness and disparages his elder son, Donald J. Trump. Uh and then it gives a little bit on from there. And I'm not going to spend a lot, a little time of it, but I do want to get uh, your your thoughts on that, um, Cindy. Was well, you know, who, who you mentioned know, the Mercers, or was it you know somebody Bannon, else who mentioned them? But you know, Ben did apologize for what he wrote in the book. Well, yeah, I heard about that. I heard okay. about that because he came to the conclusion that he wrote things that were not factual, and that he apologized, and him and Trump had made up a little bit and there is a change in view now where he is at with Trump and Bannon, what they're going to do together. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know about that. Go ahead, Cindy. I'll give you what my, uh, my opinion is on. Go ahead. I don't know about that. I think think that would be strictly a rumor because at this point, I think that um, Bannon, now anything can happen behind the scenes and in in private, but it, it can only be, rumor until we hear some official, you know, statement by one or the other. But um, the thing is, um, Dana Lash uh, was was talking about that extensively today, and and she went on about how she knew what kind of guy uh, Bannon was a long time ago, and that he's not, she's always said that he, um, he's, he's not necessarily ideological. He He's out for himself to get his own power, to get his own money out of this whole thing. He is a part of the swamp. He is a part of what... Bannon? um, Yeah, that Bannon is a part of the swamp. And this is what she's been saying for a long time, and she was just reiterating it today and saying that um, uh, Bannon Bannon actually is working with um, Soros right now, funding something that he's going to do. That tells me he's just going where the money is. Now, um, I don't know where she got her source from. Where um, I don't know where she heard that from, and so I'm not going to throw that out there as fact. Um, 
until I hear, you know, where that exactly came from. But um, from from what she talks about and the way she talks about, and she was with Breitbart, you know, so she saw the inside workings and what what was going on there, and she knew him very well. So um, I just have to go by that, and I'm and I, you know, I I was a cheerleader for for Bannon, especially when I heard that he was going to try to um, get some conservatives into the Senate, you know. Right. Um, but then mm-hmm. he totally botched. The, he totally botched the Roy Moore thing. Totally botched it. And I thought to myself, well, if that's all the better he is at this, maybe we're better off not to have him around at all. And then come to find out that it it, it may not have been that at all. It may have been that he he met in the beginning to sabotage that election. Um, no. uh, you know, wow, we just don't know take. about this guy. Yeah, we just don't know about this guy. And um, just I, I don't know to say that um, I, I don't. This all happened. You know, um, Bannon was fired way before this book came out. Um, Trump knew that this guy was not loyal. He knew that this guy was trouble a long time ago. Um, that's the reason he was out, um, bumped out. And, you know, Bannon went around trying to um, recover his um, to recover his uh, reputation by formulating this grand plan to put conservatives into the Senate. And, you know, we don't really know what he was truly, what is truly in his heart. Is this just because he gets a, a piece of the campaign funds that come in? Is this because he wants to stay um, in in the public eye so that he can continue to have his um, press and continue to have the attention and continue to have the money and have a voice and have legitimacy? Um, are, is those all the just what he can do for Bannon? And um, uh, you know, when I see that he, how he botched the Roy Moore deal, I'm thinking maybe. Yeah. Dana Lash is right. Maybe this guy is something that we need to just get out of our, um, you know, let him go work with the Democrats and stab them in the back, you know. Let, let him let him go try to make his, you know, two cents worth and get his get his press fame and, and, uh, from them rather than us because why should we let him soil the, the name of our party by his stupid mistakes and, and his ineptitude, you know. He's just a big blowhard. He's what did um, O'Reilly used to word use the word bloviate. This guy bloviates like nobody else. So I, I don't trust him at all. I'm not saying that he's exactly what I'm saying. He, I'm, he's not saying that I, uh, I'm not saying that he's exactly what Dana Lash is saying. Uh, I'm just saying somebody that knew him is saying this. And so, and then when you look at his record and the things he says. And the fact that he did not come out and say, you know, and 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 refute his quotes in in the, in the book um, because he did not come out and refute that um, and repudiate it, he he may be exactly who Dana Lash says he is. So I, I don't trust him farther than I can throw him. I hope that um, Trump lets him just fade off into the blue somewhere and never. Uh, darken the doors again. I think he 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 tries to sound like he has great ideas and and um, and has all this uh, power and strategy 
Um, but I, I don't think that he really has what he bloviates about. I agree with you. No, I agree with you. I don't disagree with you because there is a lot of association between Sawyers and Banyan. And if you go back over the last four or five years, you will find there was a relationship. And you know that Sawyers is trying to set up the one world power. They're behind China becoming the dominant country. There's a lot of things going on. And uh, Banyan has uh, strictly been doing this for its own, his own good and not for the good of the president or the United States. So I don't believe he should be anywhere near the White House. Um, yeah. he, is try- he is trying to clean up his act a little bit because it's now taking him out of a position where people are looking at him. So he's mm-hmm. saying, I apologize, but he really don't mean it. He's just making it up in order to improve If he really wanted to re-ingratiate himself with people, he would, he would refute what what they said he would say to the guy well i was just kidding when i said that you can't print that as some, one of my real idea my real beliefs or whatever he should totally distance himself from the writer of that book that, that's what i think i agree jo- john do you agree help me on mute <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I'll bring Susan back in uh, as well. And it's actually at the top of the hour, folks. If you have to uh, charge your phones or keep yourself from getting knocked off, not well, that didn't sound good. Making uh, <laughs> yourself drop uh, the call if, you do, if that happens in the next literally three minutes. Unfortunately, you won't be able to, to get back into the show. So, uh, just a little programming note there. But yeah, John, what what, what do you think about this whole ban of fiasco and, the, and then you, Susan? Yeah, well, I, I really don't know that much about it. I mean, I've seen I haven't paid a lot of attention to it either, to be honest. It kind of depicts his ideological bent, and that's part of the reason why when he became a part of Trump's um, uh, presidential campaign with the, with the technology nerd, when they started doing that, I was like, you know, maybe Trump is better person to vote for, in addition to other things. So I'm still going to withhold my judgment on where that's going. Just like Cindy was saying, we need to verify a lot of this information. It sounds too much like hearsay right now for me. And I've, you know, kind of been, I think two or three shows ago, remember I mentioned about how Bannon was at the Black um, Entrepreneur Summit and he was talking and stuff and he had a really good presentation that day, too, talking about how he's working to help make sure that the local communities, specifically in the black you know, people's neighborhood, where he was going to try to help make sure that there was um, special investing and whatnot to make sure that the people who were underprivileged and forgotten and not able to get financing to start their pet projects, you know, business ventures or whatnot, that he was thinking that would be a great thing to do. Now, you know, whether he was using that as a scam to bait people to do something else, and this is the first I ever heard about any George Soros connection, so I'll just have to wait and do a little fact-checking before I can really say, nah, I think he's a scam artist, because he's been more legit than Donald Trump as far as I'm concerned about the real issues about what's going on in America and why we need to fix them. 
Back to you. Well, let's go ahead and uh, real quick, uh, uh, Susan, we're going to, because uh, Dr. Tolbert just mentioned he's got a call on a night for this evening. So let's go ahead and get you back in, Dr. Tolbert, um, and, you know, get your final thoughts on that in. And then we got Kelly on the line as well. Uh, we'll get uh, Kelly in. Go ahead, Dr. Tolbert. Yeah, just for everybody's clarification, even though I ran for the president, the governor, and and the Senate, my assignment is to bring back the understanding that Americans need to know that God is, in fact, in charge of what's going on and that we need to get back to the viewpoint that we were established by the 13 colonies and that our Constitution was based on biblical factors and that in that biblical factors that when you read the Constitution, you'll find God is in there at three different times. And so whatever you hear me say and how I get involved, just remember I'm also an apostle. I'm also a pastor. I'm also a doctor of education. I'm also retired military. So we need to take a new viewpoint on what's going on in America. We need to look at what's going on on surrounding countries, and we really need to get our president to come to the conclusion that anybody that's of the Republican Party is working in treasonable action in collusion with the Democrats and that he needs to change the entire structure of his staff at the White House. No, I'd have to agree with that one. At least somebody agreed with me. No, no, I think he's got it. I I think it's got a major overhaul. A major overhaul there. And we send him letters on that fact, and we watch the staff being changed. But who's doing the interviewing and reestablishing? You know, we know that Pence is being supported by the Democratic Party. And we've suggested to the president that the vice president is not part of what he's doing because if the Republicans and Democrats had their way, Trump would be out of office under impeachment, and Pence would be then the president who would then follow the principles of what the establishment wants to happen. And if the president continues to allow Republicans to choose his staff, he's going to have a major problem in 2020 because the American people – aren't and will not accept what the Republicans and Democrats are doing in the manipulation of one world power. We wrote well, the article. Sure. Go ahead. I'm not sure which is worse, though, whether uh, his allowing the elite, you know, the establishment Republicans to do his appointing or his, uh, his children and his uh, son-in-law, because, um, people run into some big problems with nepotism. They 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 start trusting people that aren't as savvy as they need to be. So um, you need somebody savvy in that area, and I don't think his his family is there. We we have suggested that his family is not there. So I agree with you. I believe that the family that is son-in-laws and other are not necessarily incompetent but let's just say they are not competent enough to do what they're doing and they have created some issues that have undermined the authority of the president and had 
these been done correctly, they had a right to talk to Russia. They had a right to do certain things. But when questioned, they did not have a right to now tell the truth. And that's where we run into the problems, that there's a lot of cover-ups because they don't understand their own rights. And plus, in my humble opinion, you have to look at the fact that General Kelly, his new chief of staff, has pretty much always been connected with the establishment groups. So he's got a gatekeeper that does not allow certain people and information to get to Trump. So Trump's got his, if he is on our side, you know, the forgotten men and women of our country, he's got his arms tied behind his back, and they can, they've encircled their wagons around him so much that nobody else can get in there to help change his mind. And he's like, I'm stuck with these people. So he ends up getting manipulated. Yeah, John, we agree because when we were sending our documents to John DeStefano, the personal secretary of the president, our documents were getting there without a problem. Now that Kelly is in charge, uh, Kelly is not letting our documents get to the president as easily as they were in the past. Uh, we were being acknowledged by John Staffano on personal letters and other communications. And now that Kelly has taken charge, I do not believe Kelly is qualified for the job that he has. I think that that is a real problem. I don't care that he was a general or not a general, and I was only a master sergeant. I think my education far exceeds his in many areas to include the Constitution. Um, I just feel that one of my resumes doesn't only mention being the Secretary of the State and the Joint Chiefs of Staff because I know I'm qualified. Um, I think the President has to really take a look, but to do that, he's going to have to sit down with somebody that understands things and tells him things that he don't know. Um, I believe that will happen. Uh, The question is, when will he actually sit down with me? I I hate to put it that way, but that's just the way I feel about it. Well, we actually we have Kelly on the line, so let's, let's we, we we actually we actually have Kelly on the line, so let's hear from Mr. Kelly. Okay, well it's our friend Kelly, actually, not the Kelly you're referring to. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and bring in Kelly. That I'm going to bring it over uh, back to you, Cindy. But first, uh, I'm going to bring in Kelly. And Kelly, I'm going to ask you, so what is your New Year's resolution this year? And yeah, we should we should do that one of these days. Go over those. Go ahead. Yeah, well, gee, now that you ask, um, well, I'm prote- I'm I'm protesting sushi. I will not eat it. I love love absolutely love sushi, but I'm sorry, it's not gender neutral. A sushi. So until they change the name, I have to protest it until it's gender neutral. I mean, they could drop the she off of it so you'd have Sue. And, well, you know, it's Sue the woman's name, except for Johnny Cash made that song, A Boy Named Sue. So maybe it's – no, no, no. Okay. I am protesting sushi until they change the name to uh, Sue Nucci, Neutral Gender. Yes, there. Sue Neutral Gender. Then I can eat sushi again. That's my New Year's resolution. Sue Person, right? <laughs> Sue Person, Sue Neutral Gender. I We got gender-neutral bathrooms in California. It's just stupid. Oh my gosh! In the building department, the the I know I know the uh, plan checker, the chief building official, good guy. He saw a new Starbucks going in somewhere around Mount Yasta, and he showed everybody in the office the neutral gender 
thing going in. And it's, it's, a, it's a volunteer thing right now, but pretty much everyone's like, I'm never going there again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's out of control. But Dr. Tolbert with Trump, I know it's frustrating. Um, there's a lot of things I'd love to meet with Trump, and I've thought about going out to D.C. and staying in front of so, the White House for weeks. Hey, Kelly, but, Kelly real, real, yeah. real quick, uh, uh, I know Dr. Tolbert had to go, and I got a message here, Susan. Uh, she has to go uh, as well. Uh, Susan, if you want to do uh, uh, final thoughts real quick, and then we'll uh, get you back in, Kelly, and then over to you, Cindy. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask Dr. Colbert, um, or God, he just left it, too. I'm sorry. He had to go. Uh, if if it would be constitutionally illegal to uh, dig a ditch and put alligators in it to guard the border. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. That that would be uh, kind of like the the video game. Remember the video game Atari Pitfall? <laughs> well, it's. Uh, it's I may have just aged myself. Alligators in Florida, so you know. Uh, Sheriff Joe, I'm sure, would oversee the prisoners digging the ditch, and they could be from all over. And then the alligators, and so maybe that would be the way to go. That's all I was going to say. <laughs> all right, well, well, thanks a lot, Susan, and uh, I appreciate it as always. And uh, you have a good week, and hopefully we'll get some. Uh, I'll get some more information on, uh, get some of those interviews, uh, you know, for the at least you know the statewide. And actually, one of the uh, candidates who I'm hoping to interview, he may uh, actually drop out of the gubernatorial race and actually get into the Senate race. But I, I still have some. Uh, some links, I guess, to get in contact with them, perhaps to still get them on. That's uh, Representative uh, Renacy, uh, who's running for governor here in Ohio right now. Uh, but he stated if Trump, because uh, uh, Monzel had to drop out uh, due to uh, a family illness. And so there's already a guy in there, but I, I think there, there is some talk about uh, Renacy in the uh, going up against uh, the, the other guy, and I, I'll be honest, I can't recall his name, uh, to uh, you know to run for the Senate. That of course did run for that seat, uh, but we'll uh, we'll see how that uh, that develops. But hopefully, regardless, we'll still get them on. Um, and if we do have time tonight, which we may not, because it's a long uh, it's a long audio, um, but I may use that as a precursor uh to that uh but for the folks who were looking forward to listening up if we don't do that tonight uh well just come to the next show we'd really appreciate it uh but let's go ahead and uh bring it back to you uh kelly then of course we'll bring it to you uh as i promised cindy and then john will bring it back in as a few other uh topics uh to discuss tonight uh but go ahead uh kelly well i'm wondering about the border <clears throat> why don't we just make a moat you know thousands of miles long and Fill the crocodiles, and while we're at it, throw some politicians in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they I'm, might be I'm more dangerous than the uh, than the crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe the crocodiles might get out if you throw them in the moat. Um, for that, <laughs> <laughs> well, I vote for the crocodiles. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, about Dr. Tolbert's 
uh, frustration with trying to. I mean, it would be great if Dr. Colbert got in there. Um, people that love and respect. Oh, yeah, certainly. That would be pretty cool. Oh, that'd be awesome. But really, even if he did get in, I'm sure he's got to stand in line with 500 people to get his time. And I know a city council member here locally, people were calling him all the time. And he finally came up with a technique. Well, did you talk to the public works department? Did you talk to this department? Well, no. So I was like, why don't you go ahead and talk to them and then come back to me? Because people were constantly calling him. A very approachable guy. But it was going on constantly. And just imagine Trump's world where he's got, you know, you know, thank God he works 16 hours a day. But he's got constant meetings. And, and uh, with so much time, he does have the ability to listen to a lot of people. But it's it's going to be hard even if he's uh, on staff. You know, obviously a lot easier, but that's just kind of a kind of a thing. And um, so I just thought I'd fill out those thoughts out. Um, let's see, local front, we got a homeless shelter building for free. Oh, well, cool. How'd you get it for free? It was a demolition site, and they were going to destroy it. And, Happen to be an engineer on another part of the project, and hey, uh, let's. Uh, anybody want this? No. So we it cost. It was expensive to get it moved, but uh, that's kind of cool. And then you look at uh, uh, California. Thirty percent of the nation's homeless are in California, and all wow. sorts of policies and all sorts of things. You know what you think? <laughs> all these endless codes. Been looking at tiny homes and other things, and it's just like, this is ridiculous. Code minimum, actually, in California is eight foot wide by, you want to do an eight foot wide? Hey, a lot of eight foot wide, even thinner. 58 feet long. <laughs> That's the code minimum. And so, you know, they've took the supply of land, subdivision map act. They made housing prices so expensive, plus fire sprinklers, plus, 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 plus. All right, next thing you know, people are living in their cars. In Santa Barbara, they have safe parking lots. What's that? It's where you can go live in your car in a city parking lot. Why? Because people can't afford to rent. Gosh. Um, they can't afford to build a home. They can't afford to bear land. And, folks, I guess be straight up, but it's going to get worse and worse and worse as the years go by because of. And then I found it amusing that in the same day, a local paper, what the homeless shelter is doing. We're actually doing things. Can I, can and I just interject something here, though? I can I interject here, here something here about that? You would think, with all the thirteen to eighteen, I think it is. What what percentage is it of that's your income, your your uh, state income tax? There, you you would think with all with a two digit state income tax, you would think they could take care of people um, in such a way that they would not have to be homeless. Yeah, I would think so. Well, the problem is when you just keep throwing money at a problem, exactly. when there's other problems, spiritual, and they don't have hope, and they've given up on the American dream. Exactly. And all, yeah. So here's here's um, what I found quite what amusing. What I'm saying local, is liberal policies don't work. It's not just liberals. It's it's those who've been in power. I mean, the Subdivision Map Act was passed in 72. It choked the supply of land. Within 10 years, housing prices tripled. We could do a whole show on this. And so the supply of land, okay, so you, you get these 
huge areas where you can get a good job. Oh, by the way, since we can't get access to our resources in the rural areas, we're starving up here. We have the highest unemployment in Siskiyou County. We used to be one of the wealthiest counties in the country. So, yes, that's environmentalism. Yes, that's Democrats. But the Republicans have done other things and shipped jobs out of the country. I'm telling you, the homeless problem is only going to get worse and worse and worse. But I find it amusing in the local paper, um, the supervisors got updated on the homeless and what people are doing around the county and different government agencies and, and, and cooperative and volunteer agencies. And what are they going to do? They're going to do a bunch of studies. They're going to get grants to do studies and studies and studies. On the same paper front page was, you know, where the homeless people, where Christians were actually doing this, or, you know, housing about 10 to 15 a night. Oh, until the city shut us down because we're criminals at our location. <laughs> And so government is spending money to solve a problem the government created. When are people going to get it? It's it's just so frustrating. You know, just last night I gave a lady at home a ride. Where could she stay? Because we were shut down. You know, I don't want to spend money in a hotel for her so she can stay somewhere safe and warm. I took her to the sheriff's department. At least they took her in at the jail in the lobby, and there's two other people sleeping there. But this woman supposedly had a dialysis thing. She doesn't get safe, warm, and dry. She's probably going to die in a few days. And that's the number one, um, right now, that's the number one alleviator of the homeless is death. Jeez. So, anyway, and then you look at the social ills that come from this. Well, what is it, 30% of the men 18 to 35 are living with their parents? Why? Well, again, they can't afford homes. So what do you do? You eat, drink, marry, tomorrow we die, you get to go pregnant. Oh, guess what? Next generation, more messed up. And all the social ills and crime, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, why are... I, I just don't get this. There's just simple problems to solve. Well, let's change the code so you can have smaller footprint. And that's, that's taking a monumental task because the International Building Code is in all 50 states. It's, I just can't believe it. It's like, ah! It, it's, it's, you know, we we got us all these problems, and I don't, I'm not sure how, but it's monumental. It's just we got to get people thinking the government is not the solution. The government is not the solution to the problem it created. Uh, Ronald Reagan said it brilliantly. Government not, is not the solution to the problem. Government is the problem. One of the most feared words in the English language is, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, maybe Trump can do some things, but he needs a cooperative Congress. I, I don't know. I I mean, I mean, I'm just, I'm just looking down the road. We got serious problems coming up ahead. Um, so I don't know. I would get some other people's thoughts on this. So, John, did you want to chime in on that? I don't really have much to chime in on that aspect. I definitely have been praying for him because seeing all the mudslides and, you know, the burning and stuff, all the land that was burned up because of these forest fires or whatever, my heart went out. And plus, you know, I know people in, I have family out there in California. But I don't, uh, fortunately, I should say, they weren't impacted by this, but so many other people are. If not for the grace of God, there go I. So, you know, my heart goes out to them, and however we can help, I'd definitely like to help. But at the same time, there's problems like Kelly's saying all over. It's not just California. There's tons of other problems also everywhere else. And it, unless.
this, we have some serious heart change and mind change about what we really think about our neighbor and our fellow man. It's not going to get fixed. It's going to, and plus, you got to remember, a lot of, in my humble opinion, since I don't. Hello? Oh, we got some background stuff going on in back there. I'm sorry, that's, that's me. Oh, oh, okay. Well, finish on was, plus, you taking into consideration that when you look at the debt of our country, just the people with all their school debt and all their credit card debt, their house debt, their um, car loan debt, whatever, all this debt. And then you add it to the debt that we have as a country, you know, our national debt and the physical, the fiscal, the fiscal gap that we have right there. That tells you that a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck, even those that are doing it are, as a million. Oh, well, yeah. So Most of the countries are doing that. If they're, if they're living large like a millionaire, but they're still just getting by barely and barely, even though it's able to still maintain that visual image that they're in the know and they're, you know, high on the hog. So that just means that it's only more evitable. Hold on, hey, Kelly. Yeah, I had to mute his mic for a minute because it was, I was getting a lot of, uh, a lot of noise from there. Sorry. I'll be bringing Kelly back in. Go ahead. Well, I was. I thought Kelly usually mutes his own phone, so maybe he just didn't do it. I don't know. But they, I don't know what part you didn't hear, but po- basically the point is with all the debt that we already have in our country as a nation, you know, the regular government debt, the fiscal gap involved with that, when you take into consideration all the payables that we have and the long-term unfunded mandates and whatnot, and then you take the personal debt of all of we, the citizens that are, you know, credit card debt, school loan debt, um, house debt, um, car debt, whatever all the debts are, you look at all of that and you can, and you even can look up how many, how much deficiencies behind payments more and more people are getting. It's getting ridiculous. So in that point, even a lot of the well-off, what we would call wealthy, the thousand or hundred thousand heirs, I guess you might call them, or the uh, one dot, one millionaires living hand to mouth, month to month, just squeaking by to maintain that status and that level of of living or lifestyle. This thing could go up in the smoke in no time, and with all these fires and all these mudslides and all this other stuff that's happening, that's going to cause that debt to kick in even that much quicker because people are going to have to recover, or they're going to be living in them parking lots. Kelly was talking about. Back to you. Well, let's see if uh, if Kelly's still there. Kelly, you still there? Yeah, I'm hearing a bunch of beeps. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear can you. Yeah, hear I had to. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. We had to mute it a little bit because there's a lot of background noise there. Oh, sorry about that. I was oh, buying something right. at Walmart, but anyway. Um, well, yeah, I mean, fundamental theory. Uh, if people help help their neighbors, great. We would do be doing a lot better. And the efficiency is about, oh, 100%. Like, if you loan to somebody, you, they get 100% of what you loan them. Compared to government programs, what are you, 30 40% maybe? And the rest go to create jobs. Um, you know, it used to be in the 1800s, government small. Churches would step in and help people, you know, get a job, get a house, whatever. Communities were more intact. Uh, kids were staying around home. Family helping each other. Now you got to... If you want to make it world, you got to get some big professional degree, get a job, move to the big city apart from your family. Uh, everything has changed. 
And there's a new trend now where obviously buy stuff online. Why? Because it's cheap. And so you're getting money centralized to distribution centers that are selling the Amazon stuff for really cheap, but you're taking away, again, local jobs, other things. It's just, it's really frustrating to, I don't know, I just don't think our government's prepared to deal with this. Well, of course, they're, they, you know, government isn't the solution to the problem. Government is the problem. So if we're able to more government, then the private sector would 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 step up either by volunteering, helping the neighbor, or be the um, competition um, uh, would fill the need. Um, and I'm I'm I've got some tiny house plans that are actually legal. And they're 16 by 24. And you know, okay, great. That's low price there. Low price. You don't have to be in debt to the banks. You don't have to have you don't have to have high property taxes. You can get out of your house. But I mean, there's there's ways the private sector would step up and the government stops mucking up the problem. But I think John is right. We have to have some type of fundamental change. And socialism is not the way to go. It's only going to get worse. Look at uh, uh, Venezuela. I mean, geez, people are starving there after their experience in socialism. So, I don't know. Can Trump do something? Yeah. Is it going to be a big enough impact? I don't know. If he gets a cooperative Congress... Maybe that could be real good. I just, I just, I wonder has anybody kind of looked at the uh, 2018 congressional races? Anybody know where that's heading? Is it going to be more? Well, that's definitely something I want to. Well, that's definitely something I want to be, you know, be spending more time with um, this, uh, you know, this year. We're certainly going to be, you know, you know, looking and paying more attention to that. You know, as I said with the Renacci, if he does end up running for Congress. Um, or the Senate, that we'll we'll definitely be hearing about that. Um, well, as I said, I'm hoping to get him on, uh, you know, on the show, regardless of whether he's running for governor, or if he's running for for, um, you know, end up running for Senate. You know, we'll we'll see. Well, yeah, and yeah. I mean, we definitely, yeah, I definitely want to get, I definitely want to get more information on that, certainly, because I want to, um, you know, that's one of the things we want to. We want to, you know, really cover a lot of this, uh, you know, in 2018, certainly. Well, yeah, because, you know, Republicans might do better and they generally shy away from socialism. But are the liberty-minded Republicans, are they Ron Paul-type Republicans? Um, I'm right. Well, certainly that's what we're hoping for is get some, you know, grassroots, you know, conservative, patriot, you know, non-career politicians in there. That's kind of, you know, right. one of the goals. Well, that's part well, yeah. of the process with you bringing them on your show, too. We'll find out by asking them questions. Have you heard of um, Josh Howley or um, E.W. Jackson? They're supposedly running for, I think, Senate in Virginia. I just heard that this week, but I don't really know that anything about them. Mm-mm. Well, here's here's an interesting element that could happen, and we need to bring on a guy named Mike. He's a retired guy. You know, we've talked about, you may have heard about the internal war with the deep state. Well, this gentleman was sharing stuff with me. Normally, I'm on top of this, but I've just been real busy with things. And he's like, whoa, this deep state war is very deep. There are, I heard the number 500 months ago, sealed indictments. And it went up to 1,000, 4,000, 5,000, probably 6,000 now, whatever. 
Well, and Trump has had to hire his own personal bodyguard. Obviously, he didn't trust the Secret Service, but he's he's making waves. And if it's true, and these indictments come out, it's going to be an awful lot of. Uh, um, it's going to be a mess because who people are going to are they going to trust Republicans or Democrats? Is it mostly the Democrats that are going down? That's a typical classic move for. An attorney general just go after the other party with a grand jury. There you go, get your indictments. But maybe he's going for both R's and D's because of the deep state. And I have heard, which you know I can't verify this. We should bring Mike on soon. But Hillary Clinton, oh, yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, Hillary Clinton and uh, John McCain and a couple others are wearing ankle ankle bracelets, meaning um, an arrest, house arrest kind of thing. And so they put uh, mm. they put casts around them, so they hide them. Like, whoa, that's interesting. I mean, if the sealed indictment thing happens, okay, what's going to happen? Well, you're going to get a lot of people disenfranchised. A lot of people are the Democrat Party because of the Bernie Sanders steal of the election in uh, California, the primary. So all of a sudden, maybe a third party might actually pop up. That would be awesome. That would maybe be more libertarian. Yeah. You, you get a few libertarians in Congress, next thing you know, you're going to have a flood more. Uh, the good old boys, they're just not doing a very good thing. And by the way, speaking of elections, Trump disbanded the commission on uh, elections. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard about that. Or I read that, I should say. Yeah, the bottom line what's happening is the left has filed so That's many major suits. That's I disagree with him on. Well, it... You turn it over yeah, to the well, Department of well, Homeland Security. To who? The Department of Homeland Security. What happened was the commission was getting sued left and right and right and left by, well, by the left. Oh, you're, you're right. going to be discriminating <laughs> with, with, with you know voter ID laws and all this stuff. And da, 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 da. Lawsuits, lawsuits, lawsuits. They spent more time dealing with the lawsuits than they did getting the work done. So they terminated it, turned over to the Department of Homeland Security. Which again, I'm not too happy about DHS. Who are you? I mean, oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. You know, so what's happened here is is we watched the vote. We sent like a 200 page report off to Trump, and they should have gotten it just before they closed. And maybe that's now in DHS's hands. And they were going to go around the country, and hopefully, I was going to talk to them in California when they showed up here. But no, nope, they're done. And so they, oh, you know, you're going you're going to oppress the poor, and you're going to be racist in what you're doing, and you're going to that it just unbelievable. That this is even happening. Um, so now what? I don't know. Are we going to get an honest election? It looked like in Alabama, Roy Moore got cheated, but you know somebody's going to have to prove that somehow. Oh yeah. Well, actually, I got this. Uh, now that you mention it, I was. Uh, I think that's a good segue to an article I want to uh, bring up. And if you know this one again, is you know you could get from the. Uh, Bard's Lodge Book hey Talk uh, website you, on the Get Involved that. page. But before I do Robert, that, let's go ahead and bring in Cindy and see what she wants to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say, thanks. I just wanted to say this real quick because I think your thing is going to be kind of long, and I may have to get off. But anyway, um, there is a rumor going around, and right now it's only a rumor. Um, but some pretty important people are repeating this rumor um, with the disclosure that, you know, the non-disclosure that we don't necessarily have proof of this. Um, But Mm -hmm. somebody is saying that um, there's people saying that the Democrats are taking illegal Mexicans 
and giving them credentials to pose as though they are Puerto Rican and giving them voter rights here in Florida. You know, because you there's know, like I've seen, seen that somewhere too. Yeah, I, actually, I think I mentioned that. There was a post on uh, Facebook. I, I, I read a post. I think this was before you came into the show. Uh, I, I, someone posted that on Facebook as well. I, as I said, I don't know the validity of it, but yeah, I, I actually heard about that and, and mentioned that earlier tonight. That would be so yeah, soon. Yeah, we need to uh, get to the bottom of that. Well, Cindy, I, I just can't believe you because you're in bed with the Russians. Remember we had this quiz and you had Russian salad dressing, so I can't believe you. Oh, man. <laughs> I was going to make another comment because we're in Bard's Logic After Dark, but I decided not to. Um, <laughs> <but> I, <laughs> Thanks, Robert. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'll stay, I'll, I'll stay clean for us. Um, but, yeah, but actually I think this is a good segue, and hopefully you'll be able to stay on at least for this. Uh, Cindy, maybe get get some comments because uh, I know you got to go soon. Um, we're, we're already um, at the bottom of the second hour already, anyway. But it says as the controversy around e voting uh, grew uh, last year, parodies like the one this one began to emerge. Now this is from a Hustler magazine, so be that as it may. Says this uh, this Hustler magazine spoof. And I'm getting ready to play that. I'm just kidding. Uh, focuses on an election in Georgia that resulted in a major upset by winning Republican candidate Sonny Perdue over Democrat incumbent Roy Barnes. Uh, Perdue won with only 51 percent of the vote. Diebold election – and Cindy, you, you're in Florida, so you might be might have heard more about this than, than I have. But it says Diebold election system supplied the touchscreen voting machines that Georgia voters used statewide. A former Diebold employee, however, alleged – that the company had installed uncertified patches on the machines before the election, thus marrying the integrity, marring the integrity of the election results. Diebold denies it installed uncertified patches in Georgia, but the company has admitted installing uncertified software on its machines in 17 yeah, – here you go, Kelly – California counties. Um, and there's a slideshow it says you, you can look at, but I'm not going to – you'll have to look, go to the article to see it. Um, let me scroll down to it. it says in January 2003, voting activist Bev Harris was holed up in the basement of her three-story house in Renton, Washington, searching the internet for an electronic voting machine manual when she made a startling discovery. Discovery: clicking on a link for a file transfer protocol site belonging to voting machine maker Diebold Election Systems, Harris found about 40,000 unprotected computer files. They included source code for Diebold's AccuVote screen, uh, touchscreen voting machine, program files for its global electronic or election management system tabulation software, a Texas voter registration list with voters' names and addresses, and what appeared to be live vote data from 57 precincts in a 2002 California primary election. There was a lot of stuff that shouldn't have been there, Harris said. The California file was timestamped 3.31 p.m. on Election Day, indicating that Diebold might have obtained the data during voting. But polling precincts aren't supposed to release votes until after polls close at 8 p.m. So Harris began to wonder if it were possible for the company to extract votes during an election and change them without anyone knowing. A look at the Diebold tabulation program provided a possible answer. Harris discovered that she could enter the vote database using Microsoft Access, a standard program 
often bundled with microsales office, and change votes without leaving a trace. Diebold hadn't password protected the file or secured the audit log, so anyone with access to the tabulation program during an election, Diebold employees, election staff, or even hackers, if the county server were connected to a phone line, it could change votes and alter the log uh, to erase the evidence. Uh, and then there's some kind of parody, I guess, they were talking about. But anyway, it says, it was getting scary and scarier, Harris said. I was thinking we have an immense problem here that's much bigger than me. Over the past year, doubts about the accuracy of integrity of e-voting equipment have been growing thanks to Harris' discovery. Some election officials have called Harris, a 53-year-old mother of five and self-employed publicist, a wacko, a conspiracy nut, and even a threat to democracy for her role in raising the controversy. But day by day, other election officials, secretaries of state, legislatures, and voters have come to agree with her that something is seriously wrong with electronic voting systems and the companies that make them. Wow, this is a long article, actually. <laughs> You're right, Cindy. Um, it's, wow, it, that it keeps going and going. And so anyway, Dibol, we talked about is, that many is, – Is Dybal one ahead. of those companies that um, – that what's his name? Um, Romney owns? You know, Soros owns some of those, and Romney owns some of those. Uh, you Kelly, you could probably answer that better than I. Kelly. Yeah. Um, I got some noise here, so let me uh... – can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I believe Mitt Romney's son had a lot of stock in that at Soros. But these jokers, uh, you know, they changed names. Uh, they changed names. Oh, everything's okay now. It's like unbelievable. You know, so I mean, that's the good thing I didn't hear about. Uh, Bev Harris is always sharp on top of this. That's great. And she's got quite the follow, uh, following in. Her website, Black Box Voting, which I encourage people to tell their on Facebook too. And so it's probably on there. And uh, that's great that a Diebold employee came forward. Curtis Cl- is the same thing. Robert, years can ago. you hear him? Yeah, you're, you're break, hear. Kelly, you're breaking up really bad. Well, I, got I think a bad it's because he's on coverage. a. Are you on a speakerphone? Yeah, yeah no, well, I'm on a. Side. Well, let, let, let me come in at about. Let me come back in at about two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. That's fine. Okay, go ahead. That's fine. Well, also, you know, that's the thing about um, the people that are, the the people that are um, uh, engineering the polling um, fraud, they they have a plan um, how to cover their tracks. They have a plan how to stall any kind of legal action. All they have hundreds, probably thousands of lawyers in place to make sure that any legal challenges to, you know, what they've done wrong, um, their fraud, um, go nowhere. And you see this in the IRS um, 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 persecution of conservative organizations like True the Vote. True the Vote um, works exactly against what they're doing. And so, um, and they have been successful in a lot of areas. So True the Vote had to be stopped. And so they kept, they have kept True the Vote 
all wrapped up in legal fights um, for the last, I don't know, four years now, I think. So um, th- that's their, part of their strategy is to keep people so legally hung up. That's the reason the Trump Commission was bombarded by lawsuits. That's their strategy. They have no, their lawsuits have no leg to stand on, but they're so skillful at presenting things and um, so skillful at following um, legal protocol that they can keep things circulating through the courts for years. Um, things never get settled. Now, I think just recently um, the, the courts finally ruled for, uh, through the vote, that they were... Um, that they had done, they had done something. Uh, the IRS had been in, in, you know, in error and, and not in error. I mean, it was just out and out um, was illegal what they did. <laughs> but <laughs> the thing is, <clears throat> all they did was apologize privately. By the way, not even through mainstream media. Uh, we got a, a weak little apology, and that's all the courts um, um, were going to punish them for. Um, so the IRS got off scot-free, and if the IRS can get off scot-free, well, so can everybody else. That's you know all the different, you know, uh, look at what Acorn was doing to try to um, do the votes, and look, look, look what all these. Um, you you got all these different ethnic leaders who are are just working overtime to make sure that their their ethnicity their race um, can vote whether they are illegal or not um, they want them to vote so um, voter fraud if we knew the half of the voter fraud that goes on in this country, this this country would um, just be up in arms. Nobody believes the extent to which they have um, manipulated our, our our elections, and and that's the very thing that um, that Hillary tried to do, and now she's accusing Trump of doing it because she blew it and didn't get it done. <laughs> <laughs> so right. but here's the thing Her her so-called 2 million Popular votes that she got ahead of um, Trump They yeah, make you wonder like 90, Yeah well like 80 to 90 percent Of them somewhere in there uh, Come from California and New York um, Places Right with, with, with total domination of Democrats the Democrats can do whatever They want at the polls with those And those those states. You got some conservative counties here and there, but basically they're run by by the Democrats. The the whole state of California and New York, they're run by Democrats because they just overrun the conservative part of their their states and do whatever they want to do. So they could they could do anything they wanted in the polls. They could have anybody vote in those polls. So who mm-hmm. who's surprised? So who would be surprised that that she would get 2 million votes out of those two uh, states when probably most of those votes were fabricated, not even real votes. And and let's go ahead and uh, 
Yeah, you know, let's bring uh, Kelly back in. Hopefully, we we can get him back in here. Um, Kelly, you there? Because I know it's been more than a couple minutes. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's yeah, all right. Yeah, here we go. Time flies. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Um, what's one of the reasons why Hillary Clinton got just totally drunk and never sh- showed up to give a concession speech and thank those who helped in the <laughs> campaign is probably because she knew she was cheating and she knew she could go to jail over this now. I mean, when these jokers are committing, there's a difference between election fraud versus voter fraud. Voter fraud is the individual. Election fraud is when uh, a county person or somebody that's counting the votes is is doing an illegal action. But these people are facing serious felonies if they're ever caught. And so, of course, their software has to uh, their software has to erase itself when they after it changes the data. And this guy coming out from uh, Diebold is awesome. You know, he's going to be Clinton, another Clinton Curtis. Clinton Curtis came out with this, and there was uh, legislative hearings, and it's just like, whoa, this is that really woke a lot of people up. And so, he, you know, he's going to probably need some other people and even protection because there's big yeah, he, money at stake and there's power. Uh, body, there's power. He, he's bodyguards. No, good for him. Yeah, so, I'd say. You know, the, yeah, yeah, I mean, this, 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 yeah, I mean, it, it's very. Okay, let me give you some other examples of of computer fraud, which we were putting putting together in our report to the commission. We found in the Midwest this guy who he was a top manager for the multi-state lottery, and he uh, programmed the computer on certain dates at certain times at this location and put these number in, uh, my friend. He had people in on it. So they would literally drive to other states and be at this this quick mart at uh, 2 in the afternoon, and put those numbers in, and they win millions. And and so there's an example right there of computer hacking. Somehow he got caught, and of course he admitted to it and had many years in jail. Was supposed to pay back millions. He will never be able to do that, of course. But right. it's mind blowing. Um, Poker Stars. That's another. Not not the, the website, but somebody hacked somebody's personal computer. And so when he's playing poker online, the guy lost thirty thousand, but Poker Stars gave it back. PokerStars computer expert says, yeah, whoever was playing you, they could see every hand you were playing, all because there was wow. a USB stuck into his personal computer. Um, Ashley Madison, I think the name of it is some kind of website for adults, but whatever it was, they got hacked. I remember um, PayPal got hacked. And so um, if this is happening with our computer systems, why can't it happen with the – Voting systems, you know, John Brakey found it'd be great to get him on the show. He found in Wisconsin when he did the recount, they found uh, electronic systems that had a wireless connected to it. And from any cell tower, you could be in China and hack the election there. And I could just go on and on and on. But the bottom line is simply this. The second you turn a paper belt into electrons, it is easy for manipulation, it is so easy, and so we we got to get. And, you know, the voters are getting discouraged, so they don't vote because of this kind of crap. You know, it, it's just beyond you know, frustrating. But and we saw that in the Bernie Sanders California thing, people had their registration turned off when their vote was getting counted. Like what? Oh, you yeah. can't count an unregistered voter. Let's just throw his whole ballot away. And, and I so, think we only. Gosh, we only get. Yeah, I've got about five minutes left before I um, got to start making some uh, 
doing our, our final thing of that nature. Uh, but there is one more article I did want to get to tonight because um, this is something, of course, you know, is uh, near and dear to my heart. And, uh, again, this is another one you could find on the Bard's Logic Political Talks uh, website, the newsroom uh, page, uh, where you can check and read all, you know, the the articles in their entirety. Um, and now, of course, my computer would stop being slow down because NSA Bob keeps trying to get in there. Um, it says scientists. Oh, come on, damn it! Thank you. You're pissing me off. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry about my French there. Uh, so scientists reveal what is so special about Chinese or China's next moon mission. So they're trying to get there before us, folks. Um, it says China is poised to begin a comprehensive lunar exploration program, which is expected to kick off with the launch of the Long March Five rocket in June. Professor Heino Fackel, or whatever his name is, an astrophysicist at Radbond University in Netherlands, explained during an interview with Radio Sputnik why this mission is so important. Radio Sputnik says, please tell us about your radio telescope, uh, which you are planning to send to the moon. Why is this important, and why are you planning to send it to the moon, and what are you planning to find using the equipment? Heino Fackel uh, this is a very special place, but it is a place that has never been explored so far. There has never been a single mission to the far side of the moon. That is what I think is so special about the new Chinese mission, uh, for that for the first time they will actually venture into this new region. What we'll do is actually first phototyping but we're not building a big uh, we're not building a big radio telescope yet but we're starting exploring the entire region. It says, uh, and then the, the other interview, why is, that, why is it that there has been no missions to the far side previously? And it just talks about that. Um, and you could read more of that. But anyway, so basically, folks, you know, and it's not a real long article, but we are running out of time here, is that we need to get our asses in gear. You know, I mean, Trump, you know, reestablished the uh, Space Council, which is good, um, but we really need to get out, get our asses in gear. And I know, John, you don't like the idea of us spending our money on, on NASA, but the, the fact of the matter is if we're not doing it, someone else is. And I'd so much rather if there's going to be any type of anything on either the moon or Mars or what, space or what have you, I'd rather it be the United States. And if China is out there spending money program, I think it only behooves the United States to uh, to do the same. But anyway, I do only have, as I stated, about uh, oh well, four minutes before I have to close things out. So let me go ahead and give each one of you guys uh, a minute or you know a little bit more uh, for closing comments before I have to shut uh, down the show uh, for this evening. And of course, I want to thank everyone for coming on. And uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. But let's go ahead, and we will start with you, John, and then Kelly. Then we'll finish off with you, uh, Cindy, and then I'll have to close things off. And then, unless Cindy, do, do, you mentioned earlier, do you, you got to go. Do you still have to go uh, pretty quick, or should we have you go first with our closing comments? Yeah, I'd appreciate it because I was just getting ready sure. to go upstairs. Um, okay, yeah, go ahead. You can do it the the first, and then we'll go to John and Kelly, then I'll close things out. Go ahead, Cindy. Well, I agree with you that we need to get going on this on our space program again because 
um, you know, SpaceX just sent something up and, and it didn't work. And I think that um, uh, we, we we had some bad things happen, you know, with our uh, space shuttle and different things. I mean, we lost we've lost um, men and women, but um, by and large, I think government was pretty good at doing what they were doing. Not that because they stayed out of it mostly. They let the NASA smart guys do it because let's just face it, those guys up in Washington are not rocket scientists. <laughs> but anyway, right. I wanted to change the subject. I really wanted to change the subject because we didn't really cover what my pet peeve is these days, and that is that um, um, they, they're they're still after Trump about this phony Russian collusion thing. And they're That's not ridiculous. putting in their indictments uh, to to Hillary and her clan, and and even Obama is is mixed up in that. And um, I, I think they need to they need to get on the, the the bandwagon and get that done, or a lot of people are going to be totally discouraged because the the one most important thing that we voted for Donald Trump for was to was to drain the swamp, and if they can't yep. drain the swamp by this Mueller investigation um, and they can't turn it their way, then that tells us that the swamp cannot be drained and that um, uh, Bowling's book um, is, is null and void and there's nothing, there's nothing in there that we can do. Um, none of what, what Trump has said he was going to do can be done. It, it would mean terrible things and it would mean the demise of the United States. So uh, I am I am looking forward to next week hearing about some indictments and if not I I just I I'll just be beside myself. It's it's just over. The United States is done if we can't put those people in prison. That's my two cents. Yeah, that must be uh Yeah. No, I gotcha. I I would almost have to pretty much agree with that uh, with you. I mean, if yeah, that's the big thing with cleaning the swamp. He was huge on that. And if he can't get it done, you're right. Uh, we're in trouble. John, thank you. Cindy. Clean the cess, clean the cesspool. But also, I want to say, Robert, uh, I don't know, I guess about three weeks or three or four shows ago, you had that Suzette girl or lady that was on that talked about the straw man theory or issue or whatnot, and I didn't know if you ever got any more information. I look forward to hearing about more about that. And um, as far as what uh, Cindy was just talking about, SpaceX was involved with a um, secret spy satellite, but in, in their rocket, whatever. And then also um, the... Uh, too much. I mean, you don't have time. Go on to Kelly. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Kelly. And we'll, we'll definitely bring it bring it back up next week. We we definitely want to uh, to go over that. Go ahead, Kelly. Well, I know why Cindy wants is so excited about going to the moon is because well, if you can put one man on the moon, why can't you put them all? <laughs> um, and maybe that's why there's. Maybe the real delaying factor hey, here is actually let's offer let's offer a free trip to all those folks up there in Washington. Well, there you go. One way. 
One way, of course. <laughs> well, I, I would I would actually prefer uh, giving them uh, skydiving lessons for free, no strings attached. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, let's see. Yeah, we got a lot of problems, and it's, I would hope people continue to get involved in their local politics and things that are going on in their communities. Because when you start having victories there. And you start empowering, and, and pretty soon other people are coming to your aid because you're, they're seeing you're making a difference. Uh, you might be able to start running for office down the road and have an even better impact. So I, I would encourage people to get, you know, go to your city council meetings, go to county supervisors meetings. You got a key party, go there. Um, as long as they understand liberty, I'm sorry, some of my tea parties. Is, uh, anyway, um, but don't you kind think of, that's all planned over. so that tr- lawyers continue to get more business? They make the laws the way it is, so they can pick and choose the laws for the different clients to make the bigger money. Well, see, that's why we need to rein our. We need to keep getting involved and reining even our attorneys. <clears throat> and uh, the other day, I was in traffic court, looked all nice, and people. I says, "All right, here it comes." And someone's going to ask me the question. And they said, what question? Are you an attorney? And I said, I said, no, I'm honest. Everybody busted up laughing. But um, <laughs> So, yeah, we've yeah, we, we got to stay involved. And at this point, unfortunately, to close things out, I want to appreciate everyone for coming on and seeing you again next week. And definitely, uh, John, bring that up next week. I, I was, I've been trying to get uh, get on to that show. And, you know, this past weekend, I had my daughter with me, so – I was trying to get some family things, you know, movie night or something. Because now that she's a teenager, I hardly ever get to see her. Um, <laughs> and, and and then they changed my work schedule a little bit, so that's going to make that's making that even worse. Um, so and then this coming up weekend, I am actually going to uh, heading down to Tennessee uh, to visit some friends uh, for the weekend. So let's keep the fingers crossed and the shamrocks held uh, that the a snowstorm that's supposed to be coming our way. Uh, isn't quite the snowstorm they're talking about because I was supposed to uh, take this little trip to visit some friends uh, back in November, but that fell through, and so I was trying to uh, get down there. So hopefully we'll uh, I'll be able to make it this time. But anyway, I will end tonight as I do every night, and that is with that song from Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. Thanks good folks. We'll see you next time, and good night. Hey folks, good night folks.